0: The following program is filled with life-sustaining information for being a good human being. It's also full of shaming for bad humans. Sprinkle in an abundance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and the rest of the Lucky Charms alphabet, and you have the GayBC Happy Hour, hosted by a couple of fabulous unicorns who just can't help themselves from farting glitter wherever they go. Ladies and gentlemen and those with pronouns I'm still learning about. Here are your by Coastal friends, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac. Hello, hello, and welcome to the GBC
1: Happy Hour. Hello. Uh, hello. This is a very uh, special episode. I am currently at the Palm Springs mothership of GBC Networks uh, and the Mutual Broadcasting System, staring directly across the studio at... Johnny Mac, you are welcome. Thank you. Welcome to my home. <laughs> it's a lovely setup, I have to say. I feel I feel very profesh today. Um, it's a it's a it's a whole there's a whole vibe going on in the room. So. I
2: feel like because we have you and a number of other guests in studio with us tonight. Um, I feel like I have to be profesh. <laughs> That's true. No more doing the show in just my underwear.
1: <laughs> We're fully clothed yeah. uh, this this episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're not going back to those
2: Wednesdays of yesteryear when my uh, other half and I used to do the show on Wednesdays in the in the raw. W- right. Right, sitting astride this, the the runway that you landed on today at Palm Springs International <laughs> Airport.
1: So yeah, um, so we're here at the studio, and uh, and I'm also here uh, for another reason, which is that it is Palm Springs Pride. What?
2: You're two timing me.
1: I know, hard to believe, (laughs) but uh, yeah. So it's it's a whole it's a whole um, long weekend full of activities and uh, parties and uh, cultural events and all kinds of stuff.
2: You know, this year it's been such a a big thing uh, throughout. ...the country and around the world, really, uh, when it comes to issues of the extreme right-wing and trans people and even uh, silly fun stuff like drag. And this year's theme is very focused on that in Palm Springs. They each year try and have some sort of an overriding theme for the pride celebrations, and this year they're really focusing on drag because it's been so under attack in places like Tennessee and Florida, Texas, and other um, you know extremely red states that uh, people get worked up over the dumbest things. You'd think that when people are hungry and when people need to be able to keep a roof over their head and things like that, that we'd be worried about more things than than uh, going to a, a storytelling hour uh, hosted by uh, some fabulous person who's dressed up in drag. But uh, no
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a cla- i mean it's just it's the classic social wedge issue you know I mean and they just they they settled upon drag and trans issues as just being the thing to get the base riled up on the right, you know, because like you said there's drag bans happening in various states, but you know even in in New York city in queens uh you know there were protesters at a at a drag story hour um you know and and there're just sort of numerous kinds of uh situations where just existing in drag is kind of under direct attack so I think it's great that they're kind of bringing that issue front and center so it's not just an, an excuse to have a really wonderful time which it will be but also to kind of focus on again kind of advocacy
2: and in that vein the celebrity grand marshal uh, at sunday's parade and I do think that uh, our friend James Appadale has just arrived and we're gonna see him here momentarily but um that this year's uh, uh grand marshal celebrity grand marshal is going to um is going to be uh trixie trixie mattel yeah who a lot of people know from um a lot of people know uh, from of course from uh, rupaul's drag race fame and and also many people saw the discovery channel uh reality series i guess you'd call it uh, where she built her motel here in Palm Springs and uh really transformed uh place into something else so anyway yeah it was uh it was uh a weekend worth coming to town for i think
1: i think so and you know uh sort of sp- you know i think kind of speaking you know about uh some of these topics that have that have become kind of huge wedge issues. Um, you know, one case that or one one thing that we're seeing a lot of are these uh, trans bathroom bills, uh, specifically targeted at trans students. And this week we had uh, the Ninth Circuit stepped in. Idaho has a particularly virulent version of a trans uh, bathroom bill for students that um, that happens to um, also include a bounty for students to rat out other students who might be using the bathroom that that matches their gender identity
2: yeah they're offering them five thousand dollars you know so um i don't know i mean this is part of that same mentality of people going after uh folks who are uh going to have uh an abortion in texas Mm -hmm. you know and and reporting doctors or people who are going to do that and i mean talk about you know All these people are the same people who are very pro-Trump and and it's so funny that they feel like this is okay but they're so upset that people are ratting out on all the people who did things like you know have themselves a a merry little insurrection in Washington right you know it's just a lot of hypocrisy that's that is for sure the law you're talking about is SB 1100 And, uh, as you mentioned, it bans trans kids from being able to use school facilities that align with their gender identity. Um, The challengers of the law are saying that it violates the equal protection and due process clauses of the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment and Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, uh, which is a federal law that prohibits sex-based discrimination in any school or other educational program, That receives funding from the federal government.
1: Yeah, and and we're you know this is sort of the the Ninth Circuit sort of stepped in in a temporary fashion to basically. Um, you know, uh, enjoined the law from being uh, executed upon. You know, w- during the dependency of the case that said, I think it's it's a f- you know pretty clear that um, there's already a circuit split. The 11th Circuit has basically said, yeah, these trans bathroom bills are totally fine, while some other circuits have said no. And so I think yeah. where we're headed to is this is going to end up in the Supreme Court sooner rather than later. Indeed. And um, and yeah, and I think. Unfortunately, you know that's it's a little unfortunate because you know as we've as we've talked about on the show before, um, the current makeup of the Supreme Court uh, is pretty lopsided. They they will take up cases that they don't even really have a real reason to take up that don't even have standing if they want to make you know a political statement on you know and specifically the conservative six three split. And so you know I think if this is headed to the Supreme Court, I think we're going to see. Um, the court finding a way to allow schools to pass these uh, or uh, allow schools to, you know, sort of discriminate against trans students. Yeah,
2: well, it's right now it's stayed um, by the circuit court. And of course, it's the Ninth Circuit because they're the most sane uh, circuit court in the country. Um, but uh, Lambda Legal has appealed this, and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll continue to follow that as as that moves along hopefully um hopefully we can impress upon people richie that they need to get out and vote even if they consider themselves to be very non-political that in this next year i mean this is what we tried to tell everybody in 2016 was going to happen if you voted for anybody other than hillary clinton that you were going to be putting uh a lot of civil uh, and human rights in jeopardy with regards to supreme court uh, action that would come because we knew that the next president of the united states uh after barack obama was going to probably be uh having the opportunity to appoint uh, several justices and that's exactly what happened with three of them being appointed by um the other you know the former guy yeah so um if we can't impress upon you for any other reason uh you you must whether you like the current president or not, if you don't like the fact of having your rights repealed, we need you to be involved we need you to door knock, we need you to make phone calls we need you to talk to your families and friends and and you know coworkers about how this is going to have an impact
1: on you yeah you know, and i, I and in I, the next administration and I think it's also important um you know to for those people who ha- who who you know these are these cases and these issues matter is to really be vocal because you know one of the things is i read an an article that apparently in new jersey there is a chance that that the legislature in new jersey could be flipping away from the democrats partially because parents are uh are pissed off about progressive policies with with regards to schools and trans kids and so what that suggests to me is that there's an, a narrative building problem that people that they that the parents are hearing the wrong story mm-hmm. or they're hearing the story through the wrong lens, and that that is why you know that there could literally be sort of you know the the legislature in New Jersey could be imperiled because parents are receiving a story that that progressive policies are bad are bad for their kids. And you know, I think it's important for counter narratives to basically say, no, actually, this not only does this benefit trans kids, it benefits all kids because you know, uh, because of inclusion, because of um, you know, respect and decency and and really that, that you know this is not just a a trans kid issue this is a an issue of sort of all kids feeling heard and seen and so i again i think that there's a there's a narrative building that has to happen because right now we're kind of losing we're losing that narrative in a lot of places
2: yeah well we're not going to jump out of the transgender arena just yet we're going to spend a uh, bit more time in this hour talking about it from a different angle though as well it's my pleasure to welcome yet another member of our family into the studio who is here this week for uh for the palm springs pride celebration uh, that'll be taking place through sunday and uh that is james davidale who is no stranger to this program um and uh, he's been on here with us before. He's kind of our, our correspondent on all matters uh, related to LGBTQ veterans. And he was recently in Fort Lauderdale for the American Veterans of Equal, uh, for Equal Rights, uh, the AVER conference that happened down there. And uh, glad to have you here. Welcome to the show, James. Nice to see you. Thanks, John. Can you actually come in on the mic a little closer there? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, having me. That's so weird.
2: Why am I hardly hearing anything on that microphone? Uh, well, we'll try and get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, at any rate, um, we are glad to have you here, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, the AVER conference and help set up the scenario, because when we come back after the news at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to um, have an interview that you uh, that you did, and so I was hoping maybe you could talk with us uh, more about... Um, about the conference itself first and then after we take our first break we'll talk specifically about what you had a chance to talk uh, about within the interview that we're going to hear after the bottom of the hour
3: okay well the conference was held in or in Fort Lauderdale Florida this year and um, we did our elections but we but the main focus for this uh, convention was a lot of the women's issues and transgender issues Uh, we had a couple of different uh, people as our guest speakers, one of them, w- which you'll hear with the interview, um, is Cassandra, and and Cassandra, and Cassandra, um, she um, she w- was one of our guest speakers. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, so Cassandra was one of our guest speakers, and she um, uh, presented. Different things, and then we also had a active duty uh, Navy pilot who is also uh, transgender uh, and has flown missions, uh, combat missions. Uh, So uh, I'm I'm hoping to do an interview with her uh, soon. But our most of our focus on the at the convention was uh, we did a lot of uh, VA women's benefits, and we had a lot of good. Speakers, but that was pretty much what the convention was about. It was more focused on our women and our transgender uh, veterans, and um, and of course our active. We had our one active duty member um, who is part of Sparta. She's the president of Sparta, and uh, and then Cassandra William Williamson. Uh, she uh, is also very active in. She was part of uh tava and, and now it's uh, there's a new one called uh, tdva and she's part of that group also and um they
2: how many they, members let me go back how many members does Aver have in whole uh
3: we currently have about 300 250 members i believe is what it is the total and they're spread around the country okay um we have a couple of big uh big chapters in uh, Albuquerque and Chicago. And then we have a big Is chapter. there a particular reason for that? Just a lot of veterans that seem to be the kind of where they where they retire at. I see. Okay. Uh and and then we've have we then we have just been uh we have chapters uh and then the Flor- Fort Lauderdale the Florida chapter is pretty big. They're actually trying to work on getting another chapter there. And then we have a big one in of course in Texas. So um
2: now, you live in Washington State uh, and don't live that far from uh, Joint Base Lewis McCord, which is uh, Army and Air Force. Correct. And, uh, and I know that there's a ton of uh, naval installations around the Puget Sound area as well. Uh, is there a pretty strong LGBTQ uh, presence? uh in
3: in the pacific northwest there is a big strong presence in the northwest the um the past president of of aver uh who just went out of office she's now the she's still on the board as the past president uh she is a coast guard she was she retired from the coast guard uh she lives there in in uh, washington also and there's there's a there's quite a few of us that are members of of aver that live in washington state but there is a large populace of LGBT veterans within that community.
2: If I'm a veteran and in the community and I live in Topeka, Kansas or in, uh, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, am I going to find a chapter or, or groups of people that I can get together with in my area very easily?
3: Uh, yeah, well, we we do have a lot of um Members spread out throughout the country, and then you know, they there's not a chapter everywhere, there's a one, a big one in Chicago, also. Yeah, but um, uh, the, ones, the ones that are members at large, we, we would put we would try to connect them if they're in the same area so that they can uh, do things together.
2: We're going to continue our conversation with James Appadale, who is our, our queer veterans correspondent. I am Johnny Mack. And I'm Richie Roy. Stay with us. We're going to come right back from Palm Springs, California on the happy hour.
0: From GBC.com. This is The Happy Hour with your hosts, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac, your source for conversation, current events, culture, and all things LGBTQ. Welcome back to The Happy Hour, everyone. Um, Here in the studio
1: live in Palm Springs with uh, Johnny Mac and James Appadale. And uh, yeah, when we were when we left uh, to have a little break, we were talking about uh, a Ver and um, sort of the most the recent conference that was uh, that, that, that you were at. I thought it was interesting you mentioned one thing that I kind of ha- hadn't thought about, but that I imagine that there are some issues just in terms of um, women's representation in the VA because you know, it's sort of traditionally, you know it was sort of a such a male dominated. Uh, military, that I imagine that the focus of the VA is still kind of way behind the times in terms of actually like equality for or you know sort of being up on women's issues. So
3: it's not really that they're not up on the issues because they are, but the um, the thing is with uh, women, a lot of women do not seek out the the their benefits that they have that they earned, and so that's the they have a big reach out now where they're trying to reach out to all uh, women veterans and let them know hey you have these benefits mm-hmm. and you should be using them uh, the VA is really doing a really good job at that right now uh, in in reaching out and saying hey this is all your benefits please come use them you have just as much entitlement to as your as your male counterparts and and they support you know a lot of different things there's a lot of programs uh, you know can, even talking about um you know giving birth and those types of things that, that are available to uh, veterans at the va Mm-hmm. and just
1: stepping back a little bit um you know i think it, it could be useful t- for some of our listeners um to to talk about the v i mean so the va provides i mean it's the veterans Affairs. so they provide health care um to veterans uh sort of after you're finished with service, I, I'm just. Could you talk a little bit about maybe like your experience, just briefly, like with the VA? Like, do you just do you have your your regular doctor through the VA? Is it that you see a doctor and the VA pays for it? Like, how does that even work?
3: Yeah, so so there's different levels. So you get a VA rating, and if you get a VA rating, you know even if it's zero percent, then you qualify for benefits at the VA hospital, and and with that. Then you are assigned a primary care physician, just like you would normally be, and then you would just have your benefits, your appointments with that primary care physician. If you need specialty care, now if you your rating is based on whatever your disability is, and uh, they'll see you for everything, but they but then there could be, you know, a charge for you know a small charge for seeing a different type of doctor that's not part of your disability rating. Got it. Okay, and, and then they also also have benefits uh, that are not just medical there's um, there's vocational rehab and there's lots of different other benefits that are available for uh, disabled veterans. Most of our veterans today are disabled in some form or another because of they've, they've been over to that long, gate, long war that we had in the Middle East and so um, they're in some way or form or fashion they have some kind of whether it's 10% or 20% or you know 30% disability there's some kind of disability rating based on you know what they may have encountered when they were at war okay
1: and and that that could include things like PTSD or
3: PTSD is a big one yes okay interesting
1: great thank you. I mean yeah cuz you know I think that for some people you know who don't have experience with folks who are in the armed forces you hear the term VA kind of bandied about but it's it's good to kind of just know sort of how that system works generally Um, And, uh, but yeah, so so the AVERT conference, uh, so that, and it took place, where was that again?
3: That was in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's right, okay. And we decided to do that, and we, we, the the name of the conference was Operation Pushback, because we were pushing it back against all the discriminatory policies that have come out of Florida recently, um, letting them know that we're here, we're queer, and that we're still... uh, you know going to push for our rights to that end did you
2: guys have any sort of special presence there in terms of other than just at like your meeting hotel or uh you know or even like a bar night or something like that were you guys like out on a street corner or something you know uh making yourselves heard so that people in the community at large knew that you were there and what you were there for
3: yeah we had the uh we had the opening game mayor presented at our banquet uh, and and then also we went to uh, a bar called Lips. It's a, a drag queen performance bar. You have it's a dinner, a dinner and a show. And so um, they, it's a one one fee, and that, of course then you tip your performers. But you're charged one fee for the f- food. And so there was all of us went and is and uh, to the show at Lips, and then um that was one of the things that we did and then we also had our you know our banquet and then at the banquet the mayor the openly gay mayor um was there so
2: okay so now for the sake of our live audience uh they'll hear a little news break coming up here in a couple of moments um and following that uh we're going to come back and feature uh an interview uh that james had started to set up for us when he first joined us here um and that was with a transgender uh veteran who um you'll get to hear the entirety of that conversation then we'll have a few minutes to chat again after the end of that conversation so um that is what you'll hear when we uh come directly back from uh from the break and again james who is this we're going to hear from
3: her name is cassandra lee williamson okay and what was her rank uh, she served in she, she was enlisted in the navy uh, and then she went and then she became an officer and i believe she was a a commander or a
2: captain yeah, okay yeah great and um how long was she in
3: uh i i don't remember if she retired or not i, I okay i think she retired resigned her commission okay so we'll uh, we'll hear that
2: uh, conversation and uh, thank you for being along with us if you want to join our conversation you'll be able after this interview to join us at any point during the rest of the show tonight and we are going an extra hour this evening it'll be a three-hour show so um if you want to do that our live call in line is 760-677-0111 and that is also available at the gbc happy hour website so stay with us and we'll get to your calls later on we hope we'll get to hear from you Uh, i'm johnny mack i'm richie roy and our guest is james affidale stay with us
0: From gaybc.com, this is The Happy Hour with your hosts, Richie Roy and Johnny Mack. Your source for conversation, current events, culture, and all things LGBTQ. I'm
3: here with Krasanja Lee Williamson, who is currently the Executive Director of Transgender and Diverse Veterans of America Action Group. They are also a parent of four and a grandparent of eight amazing people. Cassandra is a veteran of the US Navy, enlisted and in as the United States Marine Corps as an officer. They graduated from the US Naval Academy in Annapolis with a degree in applied sciences. Uh, Since leaving the military in the 80s, Cassandra has been a serial entrepreneur in multiple industries over the years. Welcome, Cassandra.
4: Well, thank you, James. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me and look forward to the conversation. I
3: just wanted to bring you on here. You're one of the leaders in the transgender community of the veterans groups, and I... Wanted to get your take on our current affairs that are going on today.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a really good question. And a, a segue into everything I like to talk about these days because it's just so prescient. It's so powerful what's happening in our lives. What we have is um, this unprecedented amount of legislation going on around the country to go after transgender people and go after LGBT people really in all kinds of places yes. any minority really yes and in, in Florida obviously they like to ban books and all this kind of stuff well <laughs> that's only the beginning that's only the beginning they have a roadmap map to the future
3: yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. remote. You you kind of mentioned it yesterday when you were um, yeah. giving your talk and presentation to the American Veterans for Equal Rights Convention. Yeah. And so we were honored to have you here. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, that roadmap?
4: Well, Before I do that, I just want to say thank you to you and the American Veterans for Equal Rights and Danny Ingram and Penn Baker and everyone that I have the privilege of knowing. And uh, just thanks for having me down here. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I look forward to whatever we can do going forward in the future.
3: We're glad I've had you here and we're continuing to work on our alliance and building that coalition so that we can move forward to defeat some of these legislations that are going on in our country that are trying to destroy and take away all the rights that we've worked for so hard for the last 30, even 40 years, if you look back in history, even that's 50 right. years uh, going back to Stonewall. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about this, uh, the legislation that is, that's been going on.
4: Well, it's, the legislation itself going on around the country, there's well over 400 pieces that have been put in place across states, all across the country, everywhere. And, but that's not the biggest, most significant thing that's happening right now. Um, many of you may know of the Heritage Foundation, and I'm, if it's all right with you, I'm calling these people out by name. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the Heritage Foundation was founded in the mid 70s and they put together a document back then. That was their mandate for leadership or their presidential transition guide or something like that. That, was, that. They just handed it over to President Reagan when he said, so help me God, when he became president. And they had no real plan to make anything happen. He didn't have infrastructure to make it all work but they were able to get sixty to about 60% of it accomplished in the first 100 to 180 days of Reagan's presidency without a real good strategic plan to make it happen. Now, come fast forward to 2022, in April of 2022, they brought together large numbers of conservative organizations from all around the country, and right now that number is about 75 that have all signed on to this, and they brought well over 400 people together to be to to kind of build a consensus document of what it means to be conservative in America. And now look, I I used to be in this stuff way back when. Right. Right. So so now though they came together, they put that in, they put twenty two million dollars aside to make this thing happen. And why so much money for a document? Well, there's a real plan to this thing this time around. This time around they've got Uh, They know what they want to do. They know how they want to accomplish it. And they know when they want to accomplish it. And they've got, I mean, a training academy set up. A training academy set up so that they can actually train, find people who wish to volunteer to serve in the executive branch. If they win the presidency, if a conservative takes over in 2025, that moment at noon Eastern when they go, so help me God, on January the 20th, They're going to hand this person a whole list of people that they have already trained and vetted and prepared for social, for their clearances and all that kind of stuff. They're doing that. It's on their website. And I would prefer that, you know, everybody just go look at it. You don't this is a 920 page document, James. It's huge. And what is the website? Do you know? Yep. It's called Project 2025, one word, project 2025.org. It's a part of the Heritage Foundation. And you can go on there and you can look at the policy, you look at their plan, they'll tell you about the training academies, they tell you about what they're doing. You can even download the document there. You can buy the book, it's a book, but don't. They've got 22 million set up. No, we don't wanna spend any money and give them any money, no. No, we don't, absolutely not. Oh my God, no, no, no way. So download the document and read it because in the first 17 pages, it's atrocious. If you think banning books is bad here in Florida or in pit, patches of uh, states around the country, wait till you read this one. This, I mean, they are dead serious about doing certain things i mean it's right dra- it's crazy james right you talked. you talked.
3: you talked a little bit yesterday about them banning books and, and and then then you also mentioned some of the words that they want to <laughs> eliminate from the lexicon basically so, <laughs> right right
4: so, so why don't you tell me about some of those words that you that you know that they want to remove well okay so I, like i said i've read like the first 17 pages basically and <clears throat> that first part of the Part of it is a forward written by the president of the Heritage Foundation, Dr. James Roberts, who has a, uh, uh, his degree is in early American history. And I mean, he doesn't say that, but I know that. Right. <laughs> so, so anyway, in that forward, in the first few paragraphs in the very beginning of this thing in the forward, and then they got a promise that they want to do. The first one is to restore the American family. Mm-hmm. but you know darn well what they mean by that. Right. It's their vision of that American family. It has nothing to do with a diverse yeah, family. Yeah, the cis white American <laughs> Right, <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. American family. Right, yeah. it's just craziness, you know? And So they they go right straight into attacking trans people, right off the bat, but the very first thing they say is, we want to go through the whole of the federal government and replace or, or remove and erase and delete these are the words they use erase, delete, and excise <laughs> from every rule regulation, including grants and policies in every agency in the executive branch of the government and at everywhere words like sexual orientation, gender identity, soji fields those things we talked right. about yesterday yeah yeah. yeah. They want to remove all that and what does that do? Well, the National Institute of Health has a department that studies the social you know, the uh, uh, the social impacts of health and well being. If they remove all those and You can't study it. Right. And not, not only that, I mean you can't even put out a grant requesting that you study it because the words are banned. <laughs> I mean, geez, they're going after it all, but that's just two of the, two sets of words there. Sexual orientation, gender identity. Then they tear into anything that has to do with gender. <laughs> gender expression, gender <laughs> happiness. It's all bad, you know? It's all horrible. Yeah. Remove it all. Yeah.
3: yeah. If we don't think that we're under attack in this country, either that this definitely puts, puts the, let the word out that we are definitely under attack. That's right. If the LGBT community is... But
4: it's, but it's not just them. It's not just our community, James. Right. I mean, they go after these words. These words are mentioned right there in this way diversity, equity, inclusion, and they put it in parentheses, you know, the E and I. They're going after abortion, abortion rights, um, uh, anything to do with intersectionality, and then they put a comma at the end of all that, and they go, and any other thing that could offend the First Amendment rights of Americans. And I'm thinking, really? Because you don't think we're American enough to be protected by the First Amendments because we don't agree with you and Really? Right. Really? Craziness. Well and, and it's like we served our country. Yeah. It's
3: like how much more American do we need to be? You know, we right. <laughs> we, we are willing to accept, to give our life for this country in the defense of our constitution. Right. And and I and I still take that oath very seriously same, to this day. Same. And it's like, you know, it's amazing to me that I'm not part of that. America that they want to see
4: exactly and it goes even further that's just the tip of the iceberg and and that's in the first paragraph (laughs) or the first paragraph around uh, promise number one I think but the next thing that they say the next thing that they say is you know we want to make sure that we have these real people and they put that they, they italicize the phrase real people implying that there are unreal people Right. (laughs) Then they go over here and say natural people and unnatural people in relationships. And I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. They're going after marriage equality. They're going after everything. They want it all gone. It's something they wanted for a long time, but now they have a strategic plan to make it happen. James, it's just craziness out there. But then they go on and tie. They do the the typical thing. You know, back in the day, it was back in like several decades ago, (laughs) they would lump together uh, child predators and pornography and all that stuff with gays and lesbians. Right. Well, now their target is pornography, child molestation, all this kind of stuff with transgender people, or trans, they call it trans. Do you know anybody who's a transgender ideology? Uh, I have no idea. What, yeah, transgender <laughs> ideology. <audiologists>. Right, <laughs> right. I don't know what a. Tra- I'm not a transgender ideology. I'm not an ideology. Yeah, and right. I, and I tell people, listen, they think there's there's a there is an ideology. You got to talk about it. And I said, no, there's not. Doesn't matter. That word is used. It's in the lexicon out there. People do use the word or the phrase transgender ideology. But that is not correct way to say this because there are people in this community and my community and the LGBT community and all of the all of those diverse communities they want to erase who are Republicans conservatives liberals uh, independents whigs Tories whatever you want to call them labor <laughs> I mean we represent all kinds of ideologies but trans is not one of them
3: Right. <laughs> well, you know, I think if you look at what's been happening in our country with the way that they set up the Supreme Court with, um, you know, where they did, they blocked a lot of appointments that were done when Barack Obama was in the president. Right. They They purposely did not approve some of his judge requests so that they can have the majority on the Supreme Court. And then, of course, you know, we've then we've had the overturn of several different things Roe versus Wade being the, probably the most. Ad- right. And if people didn't see that, that as a warning sign of things to come, right? You, you, if we're not, if we're, we're going to attack women's rights and, and take away the rights of a of being able to have a safe abortion in this country. What what think you do you do not think that they're gonna come after us or not gonna come after, you know, you know, all you know, that was just one of their attacks. And now we 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 also knew that that were gonna come after us. Right. And right. As, you know and of course the easiest target of, of our community Right now is the transgender community. Right, it always has really been the the easy target. Yeah, and yeah. so they're coming after the transgender community, and I, for one, am not going to stand for it. Right. But, right. but you know, I stand. Uh, you know, like I said, when I was in in the army, they said, you know, I'm not going to leave anybody behind, and, and you, you never leave your battle buddy behind. And i and I've and I've always taken on that role. I'm not ever leaving any of my battle buddies behind Same. and the transgender community has been there with me from from day one fighting That's for right. equality and I'm not leaving them behind now mm-hmm. and so I'm glad that you're here and sharing Thank a you. little bit of uh, what's Thank going you. on in, in the transgender community. Can you tell me a little bit more about your, your organization?
4: Sure You're yeah. so Transgender and Diverse Veterans of America actually came from my previous organization I was with it was the Transgender American Veterans Association TAVA and let me just say that Um, I know the founders, I know the creators, I know the current leaders in that organization. I am just, I mean, they're just fantastic human beings. And we don't want to, I mean, we we wanted to do something that would be more activist related that they could not do because they're a C3 and they're limited by IRS code as to what they can do in terms of activism. So we needed something that, that could do that. And and so we created a bunch of us, about 200 of us got together and we created uh, Transgender and Diverse Veterans of America, incorporated that in New York. That was all back in March of this year. We incorporated that in New York. And then I incorporated uh, Transgender and Diverse Veterans of America Action Group in Alabama, where I'm from. And and then they're all, they're all under this one, you know, it's just one organization, but they're split because we have to keep a fine wall, a really tall, thick wall actually between the two because the two can't, you you can't use the C3 to advocate in big depth like we have to. There's a limit on the amount of time. right? So we did that and it's designed to do the two sides. And there's some good news coming out of this, by the way, We're on our C3 side, the helping side for our veterans, one of the biggest things that we've noticed is that. There are some veterans out there who are unable to get to their appointments at VA for whatever reason that might be. Uh, so, And even if VA could offer them to the ride, for instance, they, I think the, the Bronx VA, or at least the one in New York, is three there, I think, <clears throat> two or three. But they're able to get people to the VA, but only if you're 100% disabled. Right. Now, that number is different in El Paso. It's the 30% cutoff in El Paso. Well, and I've been told that probably because of the large community
3: in New York City that's right so, so they can't support all the veterans so they're they put
4: limits, limits, on. limits on it right and that's the rationale I know it is as well but so what they've done is that means there are some veterans who can't get there I wouldn't qualify to take one of the rides because I I was just recently rated and I don't even know what the number is yet they just put a bunch of money in my check account <laughs> <for Right. Friday. laughs> so it's like um <clears throat> So, we're filling in that gap. So, what we're doing is we're working with Uber. They're one of our partners on mm-hmm. this. They have, Uber has been with us from the day one when That's we started. Awesome. Yeah. When we started TDVA. When we started that in March, there have, we have constantly been in contact with these corporate leaders, including and especially Uber. So, we've worked out this deal now where that, uh, they're going to put in like a couple thousand a month to help pay for getting rides to VA. For some of our veterans who are in need, Um, that's by no means enough. However, uh, the goal is to be able to do that around the whole country, but we have to roll it out slowly. Right. We'll pick a few cities. I think our test markets. We're going to start in November, middle of November. At least that's what. That's all on the leadership side of on on a C three. But I'm the executive director over both sides. Right. So the plan is to roll that out in November so that we can get our veterans back and forth to the VA when they need to be there. So we'll test market. We're going to select a couple of cities. It could be Richmond. You know, it could be Nashville. It could even be New York because the you know, the the, constant. Right, right. So we're looking at doing that. Um, But I've also put in grant applications with the Bob Woodruff Foundation, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but Bob Woodruff, uh, it's a reporter. I think ABC reporter, right? Um, created a foundation, and they do fantastic work with veterans. So, and they have a program that's called Got Your Six. It's hashtag Got Your Six. Uh, so, we put in uh, a grant application with them for forty thousand. We don't know how that's going to turn out yet because it's very competitive to get their money. Yes. So we're looking at doing all of that, but it's going to take, by the time we roll it across the whole country, it's looking at several million dollars. It's going to take to do that because we want to make sure our veterans are taken care of. Right. That's the biggest thing. But over on the action group side, which is where I primarily spend a lot of time (laughs) these days. Right. Our biggest focus has been Project 2025 lately and combating that. And uh, that's where we're focused. And these two organizations have those goals in mind is to help veterans and the diverse community. That's why we made sure that trans and diverse was there. We don't exclude people. And it doesn't matter whether or not they're straight, even. If they're an ally of ours, they're part of that diverse representation that we need. As a matter of fact, the chairwoman of our C3 side is a trans woman from New York who actually works at the VA. And so... She's very familiar with all this stuff and everything. So she, I mean, we brought in all kinds of voices, all kinds of people. We wanted to make it representative as much as possible.
3: Well, I mean, a lot of uh, people in the transgender community identify it, themselves as straight. That's right. So the, I men, do. I do. The, the, <laughs> the transgender community <laughs> is just as diverse as any other community. That's you right. Know, it, you know, you have straight, you have gay and lesbian and, you know, and you know non-binaries that's right so we're that whole group is very diverse just the same same as any other you know group out there exactly right
4: so and the thing is we've learned James is that if we start siloing ourselves into certain things then our thinking becomes very narrow very myopic so we have to have that other perspective in there if you don't you, you encourage uh, not just myopia, but inward thinking and the inability, inability to actually think beyond and outside of the box kind of thinking. And, you know, that's something about it's always been part of who I am personally. I, I was in the city of Warrensburg, Missouri, a number of years back, lived there, had, had three restaurants in there. Then that little community it's about 10 miles outside of Whiteman Air Force Base. Right. So, I noticed in the city charter. I hope you don't mind me just kind of jumping in. No, into, go no, ahead. Okay. So, in the city charter, I was actually engaged in, with the city a lot. There, I was uh, on the historic preservation commission, which is somewhat ironic, <laughs> given that transition publicly right there. <laughs> but, and I was also on the uh, chamber of commerce with their member relations committee. But, it, but the thing that stood out was that in 1974, in their charter, the city charter. They had created a human relations commission or council, and but they'd never set, they'd never, you know, assigned anyone to it. And um, this was in 2016. <laughs> right. So they had a council that nobody was not sitting on. so it was Never had it seated. But it was, but it was there. The, but the structure was, it was there. It was part of the it, charter. Right. It was in the code. All they had to do was just say, okay, we're going to appoint some people to do this, but they could never agree to do it. And they tried. So I went in and told them, I said, look, let's get this thing up and running. And they did it. They said, how about we do a kind of like a task force set up? And they said, so who would you like to be on this? I mean, they asked me. I was out then, really out, all the way out. Then I said, "Look, I want the local uh, imam of the Islamic Center." They're kind of stunned, and I said, "I want you to go to the largest Baptist church here in town. Want them on that council?" And now they're getting really stunned. Right? <laughs> and I said, "And I also want somebody who is one of the far conservative people you can find." And then we're going to get. The LGBT people are going to get trans, gays, lesbian people, everybody up on that as well. Right. And they go, why would you do that? I said, because I want it to be sustainable. I want it to last. Because if the group becomes insular, it won't last. Right. And so that's the the approach I've taken.
3: And you can't really win anybody over if you're not putting yourself out there and put it in front exactly. of people's faces. And you know, it's like, you, you got to be able to like, Hey, look, this is our shared interests. You know, this right. is our community. And let's make our community a good community uh, that
4: is welcoming for everyone. Right. And that's oh. the modus operandi I've abused it with TDVA and TDV action group. I mean, that's the whole method. And you were on the board of Tava too, right? Before. I Brooke. was on the board of Tava. I was their first executive director as a matter of fact. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Thank right. you. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you very much, uh, James Appadale. We appreciate uh, your working on the veterans, the LGBTQIA plus veterans beat for us, and we will look forward to you having more uh, of these conversations with other people who have served their country with pride. And uh, I know that there's going to be some pride-related events uh, taking place here uh this weekend in palm springs that are going to include veterans groups as well i think there's a an event tomorrow night at like six o'clock in downtown palm springs that will be veteran focused so yeah i'd like to go to that while we're here so um you know and where we are actually we're based in cathedral city which is a uh, neighboring community to palm springs uh and the um you and i previously went to the memorial park down here during your previous visit to our fine town and uh there was a great memorial there uh, as well that um, celebrates the um sacrifices made by lgbtq veterans so, yeah it's
3: one of it's one of three that we've uh had a hand in uh getting established
2: yeah richie we got a lot more to talk about in the next couple of hours uh, we're gonna put you to work in the bar with your uh, bartender's apron uh later in the hour uh we're also going to be talking about a few other issues that matter to people in our community and in our third hour our special guests who are here for pride including james and some others will be joining us for a free-for-all special hour exactly you're listening to the gbc happy hour
0: It's not always laughter and games on the ABC Happy Hour with Richie Roy and Johnny Mack, but when it is, you'll know when it's time to cut them off. Now, back to the beer pong. Uh, I mean show. Boys. <laughs> Boys.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the happy hour, everyone.
0: This
2: um, is how out of it I am thinking... I mean, everything is just out of line because normally I'm looking at a screen and you and I are watching each other on a, on a video conference call uh, while we do the show, so we ha- have a little bit of body language, but uh, to have you actually here in full three-dimensional form, <laughs> which is great, believe me, I wish that you just write to the county and tell them you're not going to lawyer for them anymore, <laughs> and you'd just stay here. I know the cats are home, but somebody can get them out here. Um the uh it's different when it we're all together in the studio and I love it.
1: No, it it, it the, the, the it's it's got a little bit of a of a different vibe. It feels um yeah, it it's almost like uh easy to get carried away. Um sort of like when we're in the same space together. So Yeah,
2: I was thinking we were going to the news there just a moment ago before yeah. the break. But no, in fact, you have to listen to us for another couple of minutes. Yeah, and so.
1: and we do have a topic. Um, I'm sure that, that it's going to break the hearts of all of the GBC Happy Hour um, listeners. But um, Mike Pence is quitting the race for the Republican nomination for president. Yeah. I wonder what Mother
2: thinks about that.
1: I know. We're also we you know it's it's it was really just. Um, it was kind of an embarrassing train wreck from start to finish. How did a guy, whose previous boss, got
2: tens of millions of Americans to want to kill him on the Capitol Mall?
5: <laughs> right.
2: You know, in public. You know, have him swing him from a rope. You know, uh, think that he could ever get elected as president,
1: as as the person representing that same party. It's just it. it's like this futile kind of like death rattle of a certain variety of Republican that just doesn't hold any sway anymore. I mean, I
2: want to believe that even though I didn't like what he stood for from a standpoint of public policy, that he didn't get to that position by being a complete and utter dumbass and being so ignorant that he couldn't understand that. He had no choice ever at this point in time as becoming pre- or as to becoming president, and yet he ran and he spent, God knows how many millions of
1: people's dollars mm-hmm.
2: on a campaign that was never going to go anywhere except into the
1: incinerator. I mean, egotism is a hell of a drug. I think yeah. that's uh, that's what we end up with.
2: We're going to continue this show and we're going to continue it well. We're going to pound some things into you your ears. Uh, and we hope that you will participate as well at 760 677 if you'd like to be a part of the mix. And yes, that includes uh, you too, Blake. Stay with us. It's the GBC Happy Hour.
0: I bet you didn't know professional shows could use the F word. Well, it depends on which ones you're talking about. On the Gay B.C. Happy Hour, we roll with the times. For instance, Johnny loves fantastic, far out, and even an occasional fuck. Richie, he's okay with fella, fuddy-duddy, and occasionally, fart, depending on what you do with it. But they both draw the line at fag, because in fact, God does love fags, and Fred Phelps found out when he got to hell. Here are your F-bombs, Richie Roy and Johnny Mack. Hello, and welcome back to the happy hour. We are in
1: hour two, and we've got a bunch of fun stuff planned ahead. And a bunch of fun
2: people who are with us. And I have to tell you that while we were in the news break at the top of the hour... One of our friends who is here in studio with us happened to mention that a bunch of our other friends <laughs> are in a Twitter, or pardon me, X space right now, Twitter and X. many of us know each other because that is the environment where we first met, and I had to go in, and I had to shame a whole bunch <laughs> of our friends, and I felt so bad about that Not and and just trying to understand why they were listening to themselves. I mean, isn't that like just talking into a mirror uh, instead of coming and listening to the five of us in here? <laughs> so um, anyway, hopefully they're with us now. And just to let them know throughout the show, if they hear something that they'd like to sound off about, like while you're in spaces, uh, we, have, we have a phone number that you can participate. And that number is 760 677 And just because we think you should do that on a weekly basis, we want to encourage you to go to a tattoo parlor tonight <laughs> and have it uh, put into your left wrist. 760-677-0111. For those who are listening, who are in spaces, and know some people by their nicknames, um, here in studio with us is Daddy James and... Braden Levi and Peyton Smith, and uh, and of course there's Richie Roy and myself uh, here as your as your trusty co-hosts each yes. week, and we do this live every Thursday on a live stream from or uh, over TuneIn via the Mutual Radio channel. There you can go to TuneIn.com. You can get a tune in uh, app on your phone and then save it as a favorite to mutual radio and know that every Thursday night they're from uh, eight until 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time and seven I mean 5 to 7 p.m. Cent- or Pacific right. time I don't know what times <laughs> are right. today um, that uh, that you can go and listen to us but tonight we're doing a bonus hour that's right. That's right. Richie came all the way from upstate New York and said, damn it, I'm not going to spend five, six, seven hours on airplanes and not do a bonus hour when I get to look across the table and see your ugly mug
1: yeah so. and, and in addition um, we can get this lively studio audience uh, on the mics as well we because will we have some we have some uh, some folks here who are dying to uh, to get on the mic so we will do that in our third hour and we thank our friend uh, James Edel who
2: is our ongoing correspondent for issues and and inter- interviews around the matters that affect people who have been in the united states armed services uh, as openly lgbtq people and so uh, he covers the um, lgbtq uh, veterans beat for us and we thank him and he's here in studio with us visiting Mm -hmm. from tacoma washington usa thank you for coming down and glad uh, to be here and we're going to um, all get together and have fun at doing all of the stuff around Palm Springs Pride this weekend. It was just really the the impetus for everybody to come together. We have a GBC Happy Hour Pool Party tomorrow. It's the first pool party I have thrown in the desert in probably eight or ten years. Wow. So um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a bunch of friends of the show who are coming uh, out from different parts here around the Southwest. We are very sad that our friend blake who some people know as um Stewed weezer um in spaces uh that he is unable to be with us this weekend he was planning to be here and so um and i know he's listening this evening and we really miss him because he's always a lot of fun and and just a delight to be around so um anyway uh you're all welcome to call and participate as we talk in this hour about a multitude of topics next hour will be kind of the free-for-all with all of our all of our friends who are here so i'll let richie start the festivities
1: yes i want to get into uh get right into it because we've got a, a, a couple topics that are sort of of interest um the first one is uh there is a sort of a slowly moving Train wreck uh, headed towards the Supreme Court, which is um, a number of states have uh, enacted uh, conversion therapy bans. For those of you who don't know, conversion therapy is where um, usually an LGBTQ youth is signed up against their will by their parents for therapy to make them not gay anymore. Um, it doesn't work. It's been proven not to work. It's done by wacky practitioners who do all kinds of strange things um it's unproven it's untested it just doesn't it's just garbage
2: you know now that you bring that up i have a fabulous idea for us to do a little side project what's that i think that we should sign up and go <laughs> we should go undercover
1: ah uh, yes so I don't,
2: and see if they can turn us right <laughs> if, you know
1: go ahead make me straight sure yes but um uh but yeah, so th- so this has been around for a long time. Um, these conversion therapy programs, um, you know, I remember back in the day there were things like Exodus, which yep. was which is you know which was completely discredited. Um, and most of the time, the people who run these conversion therapy programs later have a mea culpa. They're like, I'm gay. I was gay all along. It didn't work. It doesn't work anyway. You mean like John Polk? Um, I think it was
2: Ann and John Polk who were the, like, the faces of it for the Exodus program, ah. and through uh, you know that uh, James Dobson organization down in uh, Colorado Springs that right. ran that family focus values. on yeah. focus on the family. Yeah, you know that later found out that they should have been called Focus on Your Own Goddamn Family. Right. But um, yeah, he was the one that Wayne Besson, who was an associate communications director at the Human Rights Campaign in Washington, after all this the hullabaloo that they had been through with all of the the stuff back in the days, and this was in uh, the early 2000s. Uh, he walks into uh, Mister P's, which is a bar, uh, uh, gay bar in the heart of uh, of Dupont Circle, and guess who's sitting in there? There's there's John Polk,
4: mm-hmm.
2: Mis- Mr. Banner Child, you know, for that cause and boy did that cause a flap he couldn't get out of there fast enough when he saw Wayne
1: so so these 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 conversion therapy programs have existed for a long time they don't work but that hasn't stopped people from still thinking that it works and many states in this country have um, you know really in thoughtfully and after looking at the looking at the research and looking at the data have banned conversion therapy as being coercive and really against the best interests of LGBTQ youth um, who do not go to these programs on their, of their free will, who are forced into doing them, and who are, you know, who deal with uh, years of mental health issues as a result of having to go through these programs that basically tell them that they are not, uh, you know, that they are not who they uh, should be so what we're seeing though is now there is a a movement to try to tee this up for the supreme court because our um current supreme court uh is you know six three and um and it seems likely that this current supreme court if the conversion ban issue comes up would strike them down and find them to be unconstitutional on you know sort of spurious first amendment grounds and so we're we're seeing kind of a new this this is a new battleground yet again
3: yeah and and the problem with the conversion therapy camps n- not only do that they don't work but it ends up causing uh even more damage yeah. G- yeah. gay suicide um related issues it's just uh it's a mess totally yeah
2: i mean that's the thing i think that you know, states that have their crap together with regards to this kind of thing—that if a parent did send a child to that and screwed the kid up, potentially even causing them to end their life or try to—I mm-hmm. um, think that those parents should be um, tried and, if convicted, incarcerated for child abuse.
1: Yeah,
3: because yeah they should be held accountable. Yeah, for absolutely. absolutely.
2: They should not. They should have their balls cut off. <laughs>
1: So, um, yeah, no, it's, I think that, uh, you know, but it it seems like things are going in the opposite direction, you know, if, if this does get to the Supreme Court, I think that it's not looking good, so.
2: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, as much as I want to agree with you, Richie, that, you know, it doesn't look good with this particular Supreme Court, there have been some cases that they have heard over the last couple of years that have not gone thinking the same thing. Um, that have not gone as extremely bad as they could have you know
1: yeah and that that is true I mean but I think the issue here is um, the, the conservatives on the Supreme Court they love they love to take the First Amendment and really just bend it in all kinds of crazy pretzel ways to give infinite latitude towards basically any kind of religious expression and sort of religious exemptions to standard generally applicable laws and so given that this is being teed up as a first amendment issue saying oh i'm a religious counselor it is abridging my religious rights to not be able to counsel in the way i see fit under my religion that's their argument and i think that's going to fall on very receptive ears to the to many of the six of the three you know of the six three split
2: well we can only hope for the best but here's the thing if it happens and things only get worse um lies on you the blame lies on you all of you that do not vote or you know sit on your hands because you're not getting who you think is the perfect candidate to be uh, a part of this um, leadership and you know we're not gonna always get the best candidate for every single thing but you have to look at what will one candidate do that isn't as bad as somebody else and this is the direction we're headed because of what has happened to our supreme court and you know just our system in general so you know we have a um, caller on the line and uh, i want to say hello to somebody else who wants to do a mea culpa Mm -hmm. Uh, hello z
6: hi hello
3: (laughs) i would just like to say that i am sorry that i totally forgot and we had everybody in the space
1: just chit-chatting and nasty hopped in and everybody ran off
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that not uh no i'm kidding uh but yeah we're glad to have you all listening among those who were in uh the chewing the fat space on uh x slash twitter um we're glad to have you with us and we're here every thursday night ready to to chomp on issues and have a good time and make drinks and laugh with one another and and really have a real party just like we're trying to do tonight because we actually are lucky enough to have a lot of people in the same room in the same city i mean it's weird we're in the same zip code that's weird
5: well now in the same room yeah What's I that? started to say a lot of my best people are all sitting in that room, and I could not believe I haven't been listening all <laughs> night.
1: Well, you know, I, I think we're going to try, I think hopefully we're going to turn this into an annual um, Palm Springs Pride, uh, you know, GBC happy hour thing. And Z, we'll just have to get you out here next time. Well, I will say the one thing that I did do before I closed the space down. I put the phone
3: number up there and told everybody they needed to call in.
2: <laughs> well, great. Thank you. And thank you for uh, calling in tonight and sharing your voice with us on this program. We're glad to have you with us.
1: But I will go back to listening. I'm sorry that I totally forgot about it.
2: Oh, don't be. Uh, that's why we're here to embarrass
1: you.
5: <laughs> Nothing but much love to you all. Thank you, right, sweetie. Thanks for calling, Z. M- thanks, Z. M- bye. bye. Bye
1: um and so uh yeah so it's good to have some of our uh our twitter space friends perhaps listening in live and you can give a call as well and um you know so switching gears a little bit from the conversion therapy ban um there's an, a different story but again sort of with a religious spin to it uh and this one's actually kind of a, a funny one as we've talked about on the show many times Uh, one of the sort of vectors of culture war that's happening right now is book bans and there's these mothers for for liberty um who or moms for liberty i believe it's called who is a you know sort of astroturfed kind of uh weaponized group of people who are going into schools and libraries and basically um, flagging anything that has any lgbtq content anything that might be anti-racist Um, you know you name it and they are um, they are protesting the books and oftentimes getting the books yanked from the shelves well um a a concerned citizen spoke out about a book that was on the shelves and i heard it was full of smut it was it's full of pornography it's full of violence it's full of incest it's full of uh all all manner of sort of just horrifying um violent and sexual crazy things um
3: terrible stuff in that
1: book in terrible stuff including you know um a harlot who you know was dreaming of um of men hung like donkeys and just all kind of i mean just you can't imagine the stuff that's in this book and they looked into the book and the book was pulled from the shelves that book was of course the bible
2: you know, I'd be happy if I could just get the Bible pulled from my um nightstand at my hotels.
1: The good old Gideons, yeah, right? the Gideons. So oh, yeah. thanks, Gideons. But um, <laughs> but so yeah, there was uh, you know, a a. A concerned parent who, who raised the flag. The book was pulled for a couple days. Ultimately, they found a, a religious, of course, loophole <laughs> to put the book back on the shelves, because if you actually, again, applied any of these standards that these so-called Mom for Liberties and these book ban bills... Uh, the bible would absolutely be banned it's full of all kinds of stuff that's you know considered objectionable in any other context yeah um but i think it was a nice gesture it was it was a move that kind of reminds me of of some of what the church of satan does which is that they they bring cases to just highlight the hypocrisy of a lot of these first amendment actions for instance um, you know, the Ten Commandments, uh, putting t- Ten Commandments on public property. Yeah, There are, you know, these organizations that'll say, we want to put the Ten Commandments in front of the city hall. Yeah. And then the Church of Satan will say, that's a great idea. We also want to put a temple to Basphemat in front. And then, you know, and then <laughs> things go a little crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting move, and, and I thought it was a fun one. Well, when we continue
2: with more of the GBC Happy Hour, we'll talk About what you'd like to have banned.
1: Oh. uh, Well... I can
2: tell you five things right now that I would. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And most of them have to do with having a little red R after your name if you're in politics. Ah, yes. Stay with us. This is the GBC Happy Hour. I am Johnny Mac. I'm Richie Roy. And we're here with our friends, including James Appadil, a.k.a. Daddy James, and Brayden Levi, and... Over here, behind my left shoulder, there is a Peyton Smith. We'll get back and talk with them soon too. And don't forget, the uh, cocktails are coming soon too. Exactly. Richie will be in the bar.
0: The Gay B C Happy Hour continues with or without pumpkin spice. Your taste, your show, and your humble hosts. Richie Roy and Johnny Mack.
2: I got to ask you, did you bring any pumpkin spice with you from the Northeast? Because it's just not feeling the season yet here in Palm Springs.
1: No, you know, it's funny because I actually did have a pumpkin spice latte in the airport this morning in Newark, and it was very seasonally appropriate. It was chilly and frigid, and the pumpkin spice latte just hit in exactly the right way. But uh, here, I don't think that, it doesn't feel like it, not yet. How did that lunch margarita hit when you got to Palm Springs? Now that worked, and I have to say, (laughs) I was tempted for Mixology Corner to talk about a tamarind margarita, because that was delicious.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that you uh, were able to get some fortification before we came to the studio, Mm -hmm. and I am glad that all of our friends are joining us this evening, and hope that... If this is brand new to you, and you're just listening to your first episode of the GVC Happy Hour, uh, whether you listen to it live on Thursday nights or you listen throughout any point in the rest of each week, because it is a podcast, uh, usually later in the night. Uh, this episode going to be by the following morning because we have some partying to do tonight. Um, that uh, that you'll join us on an ongoing basis, and it's available for most of your favorite podcast portals. So if you like to use Spotify or Apple Podcasts or uh, maybe uh, Amazon Music or I don't know, there's several others. I'm not promoting Google Podcasts anymore, though, and not because I don't believe in the um, inferior phone operating system, but because of the fact that for whatever reason, just like they do with everything else, Google is giving up it's podcasts. They're getting rid of Google Podcasts. I actually got a note the other day from them saying this is going away. So don't worry. We're not going away even if you've been using Google Podcasts and they say that
1: they're going away. Just find a more reliable source. Yeah. And you know what? you know what else is not going away? What? Pride. No. Because not only are we here for Palm Springs Pride, but last week there was Johannesburg Pride. Um, which brought hundreds of thousands of people to Johannesburg, South Africa.
2: Who thought anybody on the African continent would be proud of being gay?
1: Well, it actually turns out it's a really it's a really huge uh, a really huge festival, and s- South Africa actually is pretty good on gay issues. Um, and what was re- important uh, is this year, you know, the news coverage talked about how a lot of folks who came to the Johannesburg Pride came from other countries in africa which as we've covered on the show before there's kind of a uh you know there's a, a creeping movement to uh have sort of uh these revanchist sort of you know reactionary laws against you know gayness in places like uganda who passed a which passed a very draconian uh, anti-gay bill this year and so what we see is you know i think what what this brings up is the importance of not only pride and visibility but of also advocating for legal changes because you know part of why you can have a robust pride in Johannesburg is because South Africa is a place that you know doesn't criminalize the existence of homosexuality so i think you know i it was it was just a nice story to read because there are people who were who traveled from you know across the subcontinent to Johannesburg because they felt comfortable and that they could express themselves and be themselves there for pride.
2: Can you imagine what it would be like to be born into a country like Zimbabwe or Uganda, places like that where they, you know, have a long history of executing people because of their sexual
1: orientation it's really you know, there's the thing is is it's 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 a complicated thing too because a lot of a lot of where this comes from is there's there's a deep history too that has to do with the colonial overlay because a lot of countries, um, you know, especially if you think of island countries, um, you know, in the Caribbean and uh and countries in Africa uh, there are you know, some of these laws and the virulence for the about these laws really is a is a legacy, a holdover from colonial times, um, the imposition, especially by the British of anti-homosexuality bills uh, or laws, uh, you know, back back during colonial times. So there's it's, it's a long and kind of sordid legacy. But, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, what it would be like to to grow up in a country like that, I think that the, the thing that's important is to remember that um if we don't advocate again properly that could be here yeah and that already in some states is we're heading that way we're heading in that direction and so i think that you know when we're in a place like palm springs pride you know if we're you know if we're at in provincetown or in san francisco or west hollywood it can be easy to to think that the that the war is over yeah but it's it's actively happening and and in many places in this country I think that you know you could argue that especially if you're a trans youth um that you feel like you are in a place that does want you to to not exist
2: yeah it, it's kind of overwhelming and it also it makes me really stop and think about how long it's really been i remember you know 30 years ago back in james appadale who's here you would too um you know to how much zimbabwe under the rule of um uh oh god why is, is it Mugabe uh, yeah Robert Mugabe, Mugabe yes. um you know back in the 90s how uh terrifying it was to read about what people there were having to deal with and just reading in the story that we've been talking about how in Uganda which had one of the world's worst uh most horrific nightmare uh dictators uh for years in Idi Amin um how they just in may introduced one of the world's harshest anti-gay laws um including the death penalty for something that i am worried about especially for friends of ours like peyton um aggravated homosexuality so um you know sex relations were already illegal down there um and you know and they are in more than 30 african nations according to the story so um Count your blessings, but also keep in mind, this is where we could be headed if we, you know, let it happen. Yeah,
3: we, we still have a lot of work to do in our community because we're going backwards. We're not going forwards, it seems right now.
2: Yeah. Well, we have to tell you about some products that have made the GBC uh, Happy Hour seal of approval or wall of shame <laughs> coming up next. And then we've got Richie throwing his apron on and nothing else, just the apron uh, and heading behind the bar for his mixology course for the night. So all that, plus your phone calls and an hour of bonus talk with our friends in town for pride coming up on the GBC Happy Hour. I'm Johnny Mack. And I'm Richie Roy.
0: The Gay B.C. Radio Network presents the weekly public service, the Gay B.C. Happy Hour Seal of Approval. Does it fly or does it die? Products, services, and customer service that will turn you on or turn you off. Does the cup runneth over or has the well gone dry? Richie and Johnny, take it away. Hello. Welcome back to the very special live from Palm Springs
1: edition of the Happy Hour. And, yes, it is time for the seal of approval slash wall of demerits. Um, and I'm going to go with a seal of approval this week. Okay. Um, and it's a fresh one, and it ha- actually has to do with my travels. Um, Newark is sort of traditionally considered not a great airport. It It's sort of pretty shabby. and I don't know. It's made a world of
2: changes since I was there previous to my
1: last visit there where it had changed day and night so this is the thing is that is it sort of the traditional you know sort of um idea is that newark is kind of really shabby and horrible Tr- terminal a though they've read, completely redone terminal a at newark and it is a shining gleaming beacon of transportation modernity it is Fabulous, yeah. Um, and it was so you know it's it's laid out really nicely. It was easy to, to traverse. Um, the pre check line was like, it you know it took me two seconds to get through because there was actually plenty of TSA people working there. It was laid out properly. It's just it's a it's a thoroughly modern airport that was a joy to be in.
2: Though I have to say, when I left there uh, visiting you, actually back on president's day weekend uh this year that when i left there um from the time that i checked in till the time that i got to my gate it it did kind of feel like i'd gone through you know um a couple of area codes Mm, uh, and time zones it was so huge it's just i mean it is a beautiful facility but it just it's so huge now it reminds me of like a phoenix and dallas in the fact that you know, in Seattle, they're just these gargantuan airports anymore. Atlanta. In Atlanta, of course. Yeah. Atlanta's always been like that. But yeah.
1: But the thing that's weird to me is that is that I feel because I I traveled from Newark through Phoenix on the way to Palm Springs, and Phoenix, I always thought of you know Sky Harbor as being kind of one of these newer airports, but it's really showing its age. When yeah. I when I got there, um, at least the terminal I was in was. completely dilapidated and shabby the 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 um concessions are not up to snuff and i I was like oh this place is actively falling apart yeah um i have to to say uh, it's
2: funny you bring up um sky harbor because the first time i flew through there i think i was 11 or 12 years old and i was flying by myself and i was going to visit some family friends who lived in tucson and i was coming down from seattle but i had to uh, change planes in Phoenix and at that time Phoenix Sky Harbor airport was about two or three times the size of my house <laughs> and you had to walk out onto the onto the runway and you know up the little staircases to the airplane they had no uh, jetways or anything like that and uh, and it always kind of even then surprised me because that would have been in like In the 70s um, it surprised me that it was as unmodern as it was and then the next time I was there was maybe 10 years later and it had grown up into a you know into a full adult airport by that time and then just kept growing and growing and growing but you're right it they have not really kept up with a lot of you know the modernism that you would expect Um, from an airport of today and especially when it is a world-class airport like they are in the sense that they have so much um domestic and international travel through there i mean the american airlines terminals drive me nuts there because they will have uh a concourse and that concourse will actually have like four fingers off of it and if you come in at you know uh gate you know B3 and you're leaving out of gate B70, you know, it's like you better have a car to get there and catch the plane on time. It's like a New York, you know, mile.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me to, you know, what I, I was on left through gate B15A, which is this kind of like really, um, I mean, again, like sort of middle of nowhere, um, weird, there's three gates within one gate that, that are all, again, there was like literally a guy with a broomstick pointing out at a, a sort of a randomly open door after you go down a bunch of stairs. Was he still wearing his uh, witch's hat from the other night? Pretty much. Yeah. And and, and was, was pointing to this sort of long kind of Quonset hut kind of l- like walkway that you go directly to the plane without actually one of those jet skyways. It was just very weird. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I did find find that to be you know sort of an interesting aspect of of you know modern air travel um, is that is that Sky Harbor kind of is not you know holding up its end of the bargain. I will give an additional bonus seal of approval if for those of you who really enjoy air travel, um, and I I like it to some extent, but I really love the Denver airport has this air train that kind of goes between the terminals yeah 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 and it plays these jingles and at least it used to it plays different jingles now there's someone a genius on soundcloud has co- collect recorded and collected the different sounds that the denver international airport air train makes including the original vintage <laughs> sound that it no longer makes that's fun and i will sometimes just for fun put those on and just uh, listen to the playlist of all of the denver <laughs> airport air train jingles and it is a delight
3: that's funny i used to work at that airport so I, ah. uh, yeah would so. you
2: like to contribute something to our uh, well i was going to say do you have a product that you like that you'd like to give a uh, thumbs up to or a service um
3: well I'm, I, i'll give a i'll give a thumbs down to uh xfinity They my my internet provider has as of late has been up and down like crazy they've been it's it's been doing really really well and then the last two months have just been crazy so i'm gonna give a big thumbs down to xfinity
2: oh boy yeah oh boy i know we have uh friend of the show who uh, lives in southern florida who is a highly ranked executive in the area of public affairs and relations for xfinity Uh corporate so um uh mindy uh james needs some help
3: (laughs) The service is not as fast as 10g you know Uh, those that are promoting that
1: when i mean it's certainly better than um my my internet is run by a hamster wheel um (laughs) and And he's not kidding the hamster and the hamster is not in good health um so especially
3: when it (laughs) rains gonna get him some life support for his hamster exactly
1: (laughs) you use
2: a satellite service for internet uh who is that
3: i so i actually i do i
1: have two internet systems one is a backup the main one is i use starlink which is the spacex uh satellite uh service which when the sky is clear it works pretty well when it rains all bets are off all bets are off (laughs) and then what i do is i have a i have a mobile hotspot through verizon that is a little bit slower um and a little bit but a little funkier but is rock solid through dependent like sort of irrespective of weather so
2: if you're ever listening to this show on a thursday night when we're live and you hear rich richie breaking up a lot you might want to go check, um, like, AccuWeather and see mm-hmm. what the uh, weather forecast is in the Hudson Valley of upstate New York. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and if it's if it looks wet, well, there you have your answer. Yeah, exactly. any type of
3: satellite service like that yeah. is always gonna be uh, iffy. It shouldn't be, though. In the
2: weather.
1: Yeah, yeah unfortunately, um, so. No,
2: but they're not the real bad guys in the situation, because Richie lives hundreds of feet from the nearest actual connection point to uh another bad actor spectrum Mm -hmm. and um they won't even get him internet and i've been thinking that we need to have a rally of all (laughs) of all the uh, gbc happy hour fans uh and go after them and maybe like have a have a demonstration on their front doorstep
3: i thought the infrastructure bill covered um making sure every household had internet you
2: think so but i've been trying to get a friend of mine who's a uh, an attorney in his county for the county to go after them but apparently the bigger attorneys in that county won't let him i don't know
1: well you know one of the things is they they i there there is some you know th- there is some some of that um but The FCC, you know, I they have a map and they have this sort of broadband map, and it's supposed to show what broadband you have available. Spectrum was supposed to be available where I live. When I said, when they got back to me and said no, I said, I told them, well, you know, I'm gonna probably have to report this to the FCC because it says on the map that it's available, and they were like, fine, go ahead. They just did not care. Well, that's because,
2: and and actually, this is a good uh, point for us to discuss and for people all over the country right now. Um, what a lot of folks don't know is basically the FCC has been a toothless organization now for several years, definitely, especially through the previous administration. But even since the Biden administration came in, uh, they had a very difficult time getting, uh, things moving. But just in the last week or two weeks, uh, there has been a new, uh, restored, uh, effort in regards to, um, what they call net neutrality, and the issues around that, and um, they're really they now have a new chair of the FCC who is really putting the boot to the backside of these broadband providers. so I think we're gonna see some more Keith coming in and taking a chomp out of those providers' backsides mm-hmm. uh, in the
3: months and years ahead. and I think also with the all the money that's being put in infrastructure lately. Uh, the, under Biden administration, we've got a lot more infrastructure bills, uh, money going out, and actually starting to do things back and build our infrastructure back up. I think that's been making a big difference too, because it's like we our roads and our all our infrastructure throughout the country is terrible, yeah. and it has it has, it's been neglected for years, and so it's going to take a little bit of time to actually catch back up. Yeah, well, that's
2: what happens when you don't spend any money on that. You know for decades and i mean you know you guys have seen the street i live on i live in an okay you know middle of the road uh you know uh subdivision and they have never in the 35 years or so since my home was built they've never um paved this road uh since it was originally done and you know there's been a few little patch jobs here and there, but, you know, there's potholes that get deeper and things like that. And if people would think about the internet in the same way that they think about potholes and streets that they have to encounter, you know, um, sometimes not just on the, you know, on the back alleyways, but, you know, on major avenues, you know, in midtown Manhattan. Uh, you, you have to think about the technical infrastructure, I think, the same way. And that if you don't maintain these things and if you don't keep, you know, doing what you have to do to to keep them in shape, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse, and you know, and it's and that's when you have a right, I think, to bitch about what are you doing with my tax money? You know, not that you should not be paying taxes, but that money should be going to taking care of infrastructure that we need dealt with.
1: Well, and as as it is, we're I mean, this these are completely remedial efforts. I mean, countries like South you know South Korea and Japan and many other developed countries are just completely light years ahead light when it comes years, when yeah. it comes to especially you know internet uh co- connectivity yeah. and broadband and beyond broadband and um yeah so i think it's it is i think it's a good analogy that um we're kind of playing catch up to literally just try to get you know some dial up level co- you know coverage you know universally across this country um so yeah it's it's really something that we have to hopefully that is taken seriously for sure.
3: Well, we've definitely come a long way since AOL days with dial-up, <laughs> here, but oh. but yes, it is. It's got a lot
2: long ways to go. Yep. It's really funny that you mentioned that because I was going through a bunch of garbage the other day, um, stuff that has been in various offices that I've had and where I've moved from one place to another to another, and I finally decided the other day that I was going to go out and clean all these boxes out in my garage and just start. Throwing junk away and getting it the hell out because if it sat in my garage for ten or fifteen years, I certainly am not going to need it in the next ten or fifteen years. And uh, one of the things that was in one of them, and I think I was keeping it just because you know it's kind of like now I wish I had kept you know one of those original Macs because it's worth like a million and a half dollars uh, if you had one of the you know original little baby Macs, right. you know. And and so um, I came across. Uh, A couple of things one of them was an AOL starter disc nice and you know like the little floppy disk and and it was a specially branded one Uh, in fact it reminded me of the GBC happy hour logo because it was the label on it and the disc itself was green and the label on it was white and purple because it was branded with Planet Out for their launch in 1995 I thought about giving it to Tom Riley, but I was like, no, you do not need to hold on to one more thing. You need to throw this in the e-waste. So (laughs) there it went. Anyway, um, thank you for hanging out with us this evening. We have a whole other hour coming up next hour. But before we get there, Richie is uh, about to don that uh, previously promised apron and get ready in the bar with his swizzle stick and making his Mixology debut for the week. And I'm l- looking to see what he's going to make. Will it be something margaritish, Or maybe something Mid-Century-ish?
0: Homo Mixologist Richie Roy and his Ice Cube handler Johnny Mac present the latest lessons from the Gay BC Happy Hour School of Mixology. As they say at Gay BC, Bottoms Up. Hello. Your ice cubes have arrived, sir.
1: <laughs> they better be the right uh, size and shape as well, by the way. I know. Is your machine fixed yet? No. Damn I st- it. I know. I, still I
2: almost to. bought one, and I was just like, oh, god, can I really justify buying this thing right now? I just don't know. It's, I want to. It is really But great. where am I going to put it on the counter? Because I've already got so much shit up there to begin <laughs> with.
1: So. And I could just hear Charlie, you, you did what? <laughs> So speaking of ice, this is a drink that uh that involves uh that can involve ice, uh, at least you know when you're preparing it. And the drink, the ingredient that I'm going with is actually uh you mentioned mid-century, it's the mi- middle of the uh I think like 16th uh, or 17th century. It's wow. it's a it's a very old drink. It's Chartreuse. Chartreuse. chartreuse? Which is made by the um, the the monks in Chart, France, and uh, it is it is a bright. There's two. There's an, a green. Wait, there's one. a place in France called Chartres? C H A R T R E S. Not what you were thinking, Johnny.
2: <laughs> I was like, I do not want to smell this drink.
1: <laughs> so there's uh, there's two varieties. There's a green one and a yellow one. And they're both uh, herbal and kind of and sort of have an anise type taste to it. Um, <laughs> <Anise>. <laughs> Most sharts too. <do. laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, Sorry. So, uh, so at some point this, uh, I tr- trust me, this drink is actually delicious. Um, chartreuse is a wonderful ingredient. It's actually increasingly difficult to find because. Uh, it's made by only a couple monks at this one monastery, and the monks are the only ones that know the recipe. It's like 160 different herbs uh, that they collect from the sort of region around the monastery. And uh, they just only make a certain amount of it per year, and so it's actually can be difficult to find. But if you do find sh- uh, chartreuse... Uh, pick up a bottle because it's delicious on the rocks, frankly, but uh, it also, there are some some drinks that are really fun to make. Uh, and the drink for this week that I was going to do is the, is the Naked and Famous, is the name of the drink. Oh. Um, and it was uh, developed, I think, in like 2011, something like that. So it's a fairly recent uh, creation, but it is equal parts mezcal, chartreuse aperol and lime juice and
2: did peyton smith have something to do with its creation Uh, i mean he was around by then
1: that's true yeah uh perhaps um but uh it is uh it is equal parts uh each of those ingredients and so when you have you have the mezcal which has you know obviously the smokiness and the kind of bite of the mezcal you've got the the herbal sweetness and sort of anise you know uh sort of flavor of the chartreuse you have the bitterness of the aperol and then you have the kind of quenching acidity of the lime juice so it's a really beautiful balanced drink um and something fun to do with chartreuse um again you know it's just it if you can find a bottle just pick up a bottle and and figure out stuff to do with it um and uh there are other uses of it i had a um You can make a baba which is a kind of like a sponge cake that you then can soak in booze uh their babas are often soaked with rum but you can do one soaked with chartreuse uh which is delicious so uh there's uh there's a lot to do with it and then for the non-alcoholic uh vert drink uh, i was thinking about sort of um something similarly complex and they're actually uh, this is there's a company I believe the name is Acid League and they make a series of drinks called proxies, and these are they are they are in wine bottles, uh, wax sealed wine bottles, and uh, are they popular with like lawyers? <laughs> proxies, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, many lawyers I think actually uh, aren't looking for wine substitutes, but uh, if they are, uh, the name is is apt. But these are. They're not billed as direct wine substitutes, but the bottle is a wine shaped bottle and they are mixes of of juices, teas, tinctures and sort of all they mix sort of blend up a bunch of different things to create a complex flavor profile that pairs well with foods. Mm. And so they tend to come in either like a red, a white or a rosé type of coloration and sort of similar bodies. So you would take like a red proxy and pair that with, you know, meat or Mm -hmm. mushrooms or kind of heavy, rich foods. The lighter white ones, um, you know, you could pair with seafood or um, with chicken, with pork. Um, And they're just, it's a nice option. They're not cheap. They're, I think they're about 24 bucks a bottle. Um, so they're they're about the same prices, you know, a, a decent bottle of wine. But for those who are kind of looking for the same conviviality and the same complexity of of flavor um, in a non alcoholic uh, sort of guise, I think that the proxies is uh, is a good option.
3: So, so what did you make with your chartreuse?
1: So. Uh, uh, w- so the the thing that I've been actually doing uh, sort of first off when I got the bottle um, is I did just have some chartreuse on the rocks just to kind of get its full flavor profile. Um, and then I you know I did the chartreuse with a little bit of seltzer, uh, which actually I kind of preferred it on the rocks uh, to be honest. but um, the the naked and famous is is the is the one that I um, am looking forward to trying. Because um, there aren't a ton of recipes out there for Chartreuse cocktails, weirdly enough. I'd, for something that's been around for hundreds of years, there's uh, I think there's one that's called a uh, Naked. In the, no, I forget what it's called. There's another. There's another famous one. I don't remember what that one was called at the moment. But um, but there are just a, a handful of sort of popular Chartreuse uh, cocktails. So I'm looking to kind of use my bottle judiciously because it was hard to come by, but I um, want to try out some of those. For was sure. it green chartreuse? It's the green, yeah. The green is the one that I
3: got. You can also do a martini with a little gin and green green chartreuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounds good actually.
1: I yeah. could see that being delicious. Yeah, um, yeah marti- a martini, I mean, it's hard to go wrong. It's a green martini. <laughs> a green teeny. a margrini.
5: yeah uh, yes. You go
3: our tartini. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but you know to go to circle back to what we were talking about earlier i did really like at the lunch that i had today with johnny mac um there was a margarita that was tamarind passion fruit uh you know lime juice tequila i think it was a i think it was a blanco tequila and uh, a tajin rim which is the you know the tahine is the spicy limey salty uh, powder that's like that's that is often used to for a spicy rim and um, it was delicious it really and I love the tamarind because it had that kind of tangy sort of earthy flavor to it um, and it kind of cut through some of the other flavors in that
2: you know who makes a great um, uh, spicy rim is um, Peyton <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ah uh, uh, yes uh, I, I, I hear heard that's a real spicy room <laughs> sorry just a little off-color humor <laughs> you
1: know all, all bets are off um, when when we're in the same room here on the happy hour yeah. um, you know uh, and
2: we've had alcohol today so
1: <laughs> we can justify it that, exactly that that's that's the excuse we'll go with at least yeah
2: well we have a whole other hour before we get to consume more alcohol and we're going to spend that with you and welcome your phone calls as well if you'd like to jump in we're gonna get to meet a couple of our other friends they will jump into the conversation as well we'll start uh doing the buddy system on the microphones here and uh Mm -hmm. hope you'll hang around for that and you'll also um, call in yourselves if you'd like to uh, chat about any of the topics that we have talked about tonight or bring up one of your own, because it
1: will be a free-for-all. It will be a free-for-all, it's true. I just had one other real quick mixology um, recommendation. This is kind of a, I don't know if it's mixology, it could be a seal of approval, could also just be I'm of a certain age, but I officially did that thing that people do where you order a tomato juice on the airplane. No. I did, and it was delicious. Oh no. It was great, because here's the thing, it's salty, and sometimes you crave salt on the plane, then go and find a guy, but I mean really I mean because the the snacks that they serve now are they only have those biscoff cookies those oh. aren't which are they do have a slight kind of a baking soda equality to them, but they're not salty at all I mean they don't have uh you know the bags of peanuts or the you know sometimes they have pretzels, but mainly they like to serve those those biscuits yeah um the biscotti and so yeah, the biscotti, and so um What's with that. I you mean why did that kind of become the day rigueur? We, we uh, really should write snack? to the head of
2: all the airlines and tell them stop this nonsense. It's a good cookie, don't get me wrong, but I'm not saying I think it's that not, it shouldn't I mean, be the only option. You know, come on, uh, the last thing I want when I'm going to go up in the sky is to have even a uh, drier mouth. You know. They
1: are, they are desiccating, it's true. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean anything sh- really sugary will do that. So Right. But know. so so to counteract that the tomato the tomato juice is kind of great i had it on ice and the ice is nice because um the tomato juice is pretty thick and cloying and so as the ice waters it down it makes it a little bit more palatable so is jack daniels but that's true Um, it's not free though no, and also it was it was like six a.m., so it's a
3: little oh. early for that. Well, you didn't add any vodka yeah, to your. You uh, didn't
2: start no, driving geez. down there till two in the morning, though. <laughs> that's so, true. You know, it was like midday for you, right?
3: <laughs> You'd make it like a bloody Maria, or, uh, right? <laughs> with, with <some> tequila. No, <laughs> but I kept
2: it, kept it simple. <laughs> okay, that's hour number two, and I'm really excited about the fact that tonight we get an hour number three and you should be sending us money or something for that because it's not often that you get these kinds of gifts from us but uh here we're doing it anyway so stay with us james appadale and braden levi and peyton smith and richie roy and myself hanging out with you from the gbc mutual studios in palm springs more to come after the news update
0: This is the Mutual Broadcasting System, the leader in network radio. The KBC Happy Hour always welcomes you to the party. Grab your libation of choice. Then grab your phone and ring us up at 760-677-0111. And if you're really turned on, feel free to grab something else. Just saying. Richie Roy and Johnny Mack. There. Egos. No, not that. Mm -hmm. Don't grab that. Egos can always use a good stroke. Welcome
5: back.
0: We're stroking off with you tonight from the studios
2: of... (laughs) You know what's really funny is I know that some of Richie's very best friends on earth listen to this program, often not live, but on demand as a podcast, which you can do too. And... I just, sometimes I say certain things and I, I guess I should apologize. I'm not sure to whom, but I should apologize and, and say that, um, you know, sometimes I just do it solely for the sake of seeing the red go up in Richie's face like, like a, like a thermometer out of embarrassment for oh my god what is this fool gonna say next you were talking about beef going stroganoff, to embarrass right? me yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it's so a beef stroganoff yeah exactly beef, beef stroganoff. <laughs> speaking of which there's a lot of beef stroganoff in this uh, studio right now <laughs> so let's say hello to others who have been for the most part very quiet sitting like church mice in the background of course james appadale we introduced to you earlier in the program Uh, as he is our ongoing Veterans Affairs correspondent for the show. Um, And James is visiting from Tacoma, Washington. Visiting from the Grand Canyon State, we have two people. Um, One who uh, hails from the Valley of the Sun, uh, otherwise known as Phoenix. Um, And uh, poor Phoenix, they just, they got so fucked over last night in the, you know, in this past week, in the World Series, uh, the... um, greg abbott's texas rangers uh won and screw them so i'm sorry if you're a rangers fan um i can't help it uh get with the program and and follow my team it's in the same in the same division of uh, the mariners uh the only team in baseball by the way who's never been to the world series so yeah we are unique we are very successful at not being successful so,
3: <laughs> I made the playoffs um, a couple of times. That's about and, it. <laughs>
2: and so, from Phoenix, let's say hello to Brayden Levi. How are you? Hello, hello. I am great here in beautiful Palm Springs. Is this your first visit to the other Valley of the Sun?
7: It is. Um, and it's a, it's a little different, I have to say.
5: Turn it toward you.
7: It's not <laughs> extremely different, but it's a little different, I would yeah. say. Is the sun brighter, um, more dull? I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. It feels like it feels like Phoenix to be honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know what you mean. But I, sometimes it's new. I have to stroll into into the Phoenix area on my way to visit my family who live down in the Tucson area. Yeah. Speaking of Tucson, and down the street from where my parents live, uh let's say hello to Peyton Smith who um has this is not his first visit uh to this neck of the woods, but uh it's his first visit into Uh, a live show in our studio here even though you've been here before um nice to see you and thank you for coming to spend pride with us get in there nice
6: and tight i like getting in nice and
2: tight i know you do that's why i told you to do it
6: (laughs) hi Uh, all is well all is good glad to be here how was the drive um uneventful which is good yeah that's those
2: are the best kind (laughs) yeah and the fact that they didn't stop you at the uh, at the station, uh, just inside the California border, over in Blythe today, um, and ask you about your fruits and vegetables. All those loads he's carrying. Yeah,
6: I, d- I, d- I didn't have my peach showing.
2: No. No. Oh, well that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I heard though that they were on the on the lookout for um, uh, those purple things. Balls. Purple no, things? you know.
7: Blue balls.
6: No. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, I think Richie knows what I'm talking about. Now,
1: what I did hear, though, I've heard from a, a different source that the ride was not all <laughs> rosy. In fact, so it wasn't. Um, you know, it's like Rashomon. You know, there's multiple versions of every story. But um, I believe that uh, Braden uh, has a different take on the drive. Um, I'll say he was just he
7: was just a little um, preoccupied in a rush. Oh, in a, in a rush. It yeah, was rush. Yeah, I well, mean you I guys using poppers you know, on the road or between what? like looking up from my phone for a short period of time like I, I would like stare into the back of a truck so you know it was
6: <laughs>
7: it was we interesting. You. Were, you, were,
3: you, were you were you did you have road rage? No, no
6: no. No. Okay. Just impatient
7: and he does not like semi trucks.
6: No. I don't. Well, nobody likes to be behind a semi. But then
7: also it's a two-lane road from Phoenix to Palm Springs. A lot of it is, you're is right. Is insane in itself. Well,
2: two lanes on each side, but yes, Yeah, it's, it's, it's still really it's way annoying too small. especially when it's uh, the major um, interstate yeah. that is used to move most of the product that comes into well, the United States. Phoenix
7: is the fifth largest city and LA is like or you know, LA's like Number up there two. Too, right? Yeah. Like they should have a bigger thoroughfare like yeah ridiculous
2: but it's not just that it's the fact that uh, interstate 10 um is the gateway to oh the yeah. port of los angeles mm-hmm. which is where the huge mother load of our gross domestic product and such goes through so basically trade on both ends stuff coming up from overseas yeah. and what just we put out yeah. overseas goes up and down that highway all the time between phoenix and and los angeles and we're right you know dead center so,
1: so I have a question because yeah. you brought up you brought up an issue um, which is one lane, two lane roads. Yeah. A two lane road is a two lane road, two lanes in each direction, or is it one lane in each direction and that is the two lanes? I've yeah. never understood this. Yeah,
2: it's technically it would be defined a two lane road would be one lane each direction, but um, it's two lanes each direction on much of Interstate ten between Phoenix and. Uh, Palm Springs. So
1: that would be a four-lane road? Yes. It's technically okay. a four-lane road. Yeah. But okay. we, there are sections that are that that now one. like... No, I just, because I've actually always wondered th- the answer to this, because people say, oh, it's a two-lane road, and I'm like, well, yeah. is thats is that two lanes in each direction, or two lanes total? So it's oh, technically let, a four let me line. tell
2: you, um, you have accompanied me on a couple of trips that I've made from Palm Springs up to Barstow, California, uh, mm-hmm. telephonically. We've been talking as I've been on that road. And that is a um, two-lane road. That is one lane each direction, oh. and you're fucked if you're behind uh, a truck or a camper or, you know, a guy who is going to his next lawn-cutting job with a trailer pulling mowers behind yeah, him or something.
3: Coming in, coming in today from—I I drove in from Modesto today. Yeah. That's where I drove in, and there's a couple two-lane roads, actual two-lane roads that— it was fun trying to finally pass some of those vehicles when you yeah. finally got a break because they were going, you know, 20 miles below the speed limit. And you're like, "Right. Get out of my way, please." But,
2: yeah. No, that's it's a pain in the neck when you're living up, you know, kind of around that kind of country. I mean, um Richie, you live kind of out in the country, uh, you know, outside of uh north of New York City, but um you don't
1: really have a lot of those,
2: you know, two-lane so roads, highways.
1: We have a, a, I mean, the the main road that I that I take to go almost anywhere is a two-lane road. Yeah, um, it's one lane in either direction with you know, the occasional... But is that a zones. major thoroughfare for a lot of people who like commute? It really is. It's sort of the main route between New Paltz and Kingston, which, I mean, which are sort of like two sort of larger municipalities in that area. So it is actually is
3: somewhat... You should, of a
2: you should write a letter to the county's attorney and tell them that you're going to sue them if they don't <laughs> widen that road.
5: <laughs>
3: I, wonder who, I wonder who that city attorney is you're talking about. well wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah.
7: seems to be peeing. Oh no, it is. <laughs> no.
3: Could be, possibly. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
7: Well, he's the unelected no, that, one.
1: But uh, but yeah. So, it's no. I always thought it was interesting. So technically, then a one lane a one lane road would just be only only one car could go on the road at any time. So if two cars were going in opposite directions, one would have to pull over to the side. That that would awesome. be my understanding
2: yeah, of it. Yeah,
3: you have to yield to the I was right actually away. Actually, thinking yeah. about that, so.
1: And let me tell you, if you
2: ever go to Maui, not that there's any reason to be going there for the next 10 years because it's going to be a disaster trying to rebuild after the, after the horrific uh, events of earlier this year with the fires there. But if you ever go to Maui, um, do yourself a favor and you will thank me profusely for this recommendation since I didn't get to say it during our seal of approval hour. Um, do not drive the road to Hana. Take a helicopter... Take a plane, if you can find one that goes there. Do anything. You take a boat and go around the shore. Uh, but do not drive the road to Hana. It's 54 miles, and it has like 300 and some odd turns in it. And many sections of it are literally one lane. And it is, it is the most annoying, uh, uh, headache-creating, um, terrible driving experience I've ever had in my life. And I had to go out and come back the same day. Mm, and and it's mountains. like it's like a three-hour drive each way. So, you know, free, three hours to get 54 miles. Wow, That's crazy. You know, and, and if you're the driver, I mean, it's beautiful if you're not the driver. It's like driving the Pacific Coast Highway. You know, I love that drive so long as you're not you driving, driving it. yeah. Yeah, because if you're driving, you better not be taking your eyes off the road to look out at the... Shoreline, or you know, the ocean, Highway One, yeah. and Highway 101. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's very dangerous. So, anyway, Richie's looking at me with uh, I don't know that look of fear of what's, he's gonna, what's he gonna say next.
1: No, it's just um, it just uh, when you mentioned uh, these kind of roads with these turns and things, um, I was just thinking about how problematic that is for me because I I get carsick easily if I'm not the driver. So either way, I'm kind of not in a good position because if I'm driving, I'm stuck on one-lane roads doing all these turns. If I'm in the passenger seat, it's even worse. Well, shit, I wish you'd have told me that when I was at the airport. I'd let you just
2: drive home. (laughs) 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 Um, You probably
3: scared him with your driving anyway.
2: Probably, absolutely, (laughs) yeah. I made him go through uh, all these different... um, hoops that we're having to go through here in the Coachella Valley uh, today as we were going uh, up and down various thoroughfares where they have apparently decided to do all this work wait until all the tourists start to come back in season instead of doing it this past summer when there's like hardly anybody around and you know and it doesn't create these huge backups on the local roads and it just it drives me crazy i mean it's not as though the people who are doing that kind of work aren't used to working in heat because it's it gets warm all year long but you know at the very least you know do it at night or something but it's just it's it's crazy to me they have multiple thoroughfares going north south or east west at the same time so it's not like you can bypass and go a different way they all have that crap going on at the same time and
1: I don't know. I was struck, you know, just in in my brief experience so far driving around in in the Palm Springs area, how fundamentally Western roads, the public works in the West looks really different than public works in the East because there are really wide thoroughfares in the middle of a city here Mm -hmm. in a way that even in, you know, in, in New York or whatever, you don't see those kind of broad, you know, Four lanes in either direction, four. multiple turning lanes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, yeah, because the you know these these are newer cities. That yeah, it's
2: not like Boston. Uh, I'm sorry uh, to our friend Boss Sub, but uh, it's not <laughs> it's not like Boston where everything has been made uh, four thousand years ago for horse and buggy. Um, and that's one of the things that actually so. drives me crazy about being in some of those cities is, you know, they they make lanes for cars that are much less wider than they make today and um, I think the first time I drove in Boston, uh, I was in one of those circles. Um, it wasn't a roundabout, but it was just a dumb circle, and, and there were no lines, and it was like three lanes. <laughs> it was absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, in, in, in Massachusetts, they like to call those rotaries. They call a roundabout or a traffic circle a rotary, uh-huh. and it is, uh, it is mayhem. It is complete and utter mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I call it a rotor. ruta,
2: but it's probably wow.
3: it's probably based on you know like when I was stationed in Germany, the, you know the the Change. roads over there are are somewhat narrower too. The um, so it, there's a lot of cobblestone roads, especially in the do- old downtowns of in Germany. Yeah. Where and you know, so there are a lot of one way or you know one lane roads in the downtown, but it's two lanes of traffic, so it's like it's it's the whole cobblestone road though but i'm sure that's probably what it's like in boston
2: you come from a city in the Pacific Northwest that has a, a little bit of uh that problem in its city streets yes in Tacoma Washington yes, in Tacoma yeah. yeah i know because my aunt lives on such a street Yeah, she does, like yes. smooth ra- roads right around her but her street is you know all like brick it's and all like, brick yeah. yeah 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 anyway um so uh this week this weekend while you're here we're going to do a whole lot of pride stuff and we're looking forward to meeting a bunch of our other um uh, happy hour friends and people from spaces and such that are going to be hanging out and doing different things um we're going to start the celebration off tomorrow with um probably going to some concerts downtown and and uh catching some tunes and seeing some uh people being very gay but um on saturday we're going to have a, a whole dose, double dose, of gayness right here uh, in the backyard of the GBC radio network where we are going to um, invite a bunch of people to um, shed most
1: of their clothing and get into a swimming pool and have fun,
2: and You're have a uh, gay
3: old time. Yeah,
1: a gay old time. <laughs> and speaking of uh, shedding clothing, uh, th- that clothing, I believe that some of our uh, our correspondents in here are going to be in the market for some new uh, gay clothing. Is that is that true?
7: Oh yeah, tomorrow um, I plan on going to whatever store I can find to find my. Cutest thong for the
3: weekend. Game art. We'll take him down to the arenas area. I'm sure he'll find some good clothing Which, down there. Yeah,
2: I'm sure he'll uh, he'll give them some pleasure at the uh, check stand for uh, game art or one of those places. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I will say that I, I'm very, I'm very, very happy to see everybody here and just uh, to finally meet uh, the people that I haven't met. And obviously, I've met John before, but. Uh, the rest of you it's uh, nice to finally meet you uh in person and i'm so so ecstatic that you're here and i'm ready to have a lot of fun
2: it's really a different experience when you get to finally meet people who you've spent a lot of time you know kind of sort of getting to get to know in these virtual uh environments that we've oh, yeah. all originally met you know online and i think you know that that carries over to a lot of people who are unable to be here with us this weekend i know that You know, I met you, James, last year at Pride right here in Palm Springs. We were here with, you know, our, um, you know, other friends that had come into town and some people who actually live here and in in the area, the Southern California area. Um, Richie, uh, you know, you and I uh, met for the first time in person when I came back to New York and Peyton. Uh, we had an opportunity to meet because you happen to live where I have family living and we were there for the holidays, but every time I've met somebody from, from those environments, um, it has been a, real, uh, a really great experience for me. Uh, to, you know, take the friendship uh, to another level. So I'm glad that you all made it. We're going to continue with more of the happy hour. Uh, coming up next, we will invite your phone calls as well at 760-677-0111. 760-677-0111. And uh, we'll find out what uh, what kind of trouble these guys are really looking up uh, forward to getting into.
0: You're listening to The Happy Hour with your hosts, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the very special bonus session of The Happy Hour. We are here with some good friends. Uh, some more people are actually going to be descending upon Palm Springs uh, over the next couple days, and uh, should be a good time. Uh, you know, there are... The official events, the, you know, the the parades and the parties, but there's also just kind of the sort of casual hanging out that happens and dinners and lunches and brunches and all of that. So.
2: Speaking of which, I was just uh, uh, texting with one of our other friends who's going to be here uh, also coming from Phoenix. It's like a mass exodus of Phoenix uh, this weekend, I guess, so, um, or
1: Arizona, so
3: they're rising from the ashes yes
1: they're rising from the ashes (laughs) indeed Um, and i will say speaking of kind of casual um, places uh, uh, there is a an illustrious uh, locale called little bar here in the palm springs area yeah which folks who are gbc and mutual broadcast aficionados might know from a podcast called big conversations little bar and,
2: uh, and even if they don't I think that there's another reason why they would be more interested and inclined maybe to experience going to this um, particular establishment because if you like um, music festivals of the of the pop of the alt of the rock of the um, country and uh, you know and even of the metal uh genres they have a significant tie to all of that history here in the coachella valley so many people have um of course heard of the coachella music and arts festival that happens here people come from all over the world in fact a lot of younger people today uh know this region not as palm springs they they associate really with you know, you could say Palm Springs and around the world and a lot of people go, hmm, I don't know where that is. But you say Coachella and they're like, oh, I know, that's the place for the music festival. And, um, and Coachella is not held in the city of Coachella, which is here in the Coachella Valley. It's held in Indio, but they also, at that same location, have a big country uh, event that happens after the first two weeks that are um, Coachella. There's a, an event called Stagecoach and then they um produced uh i think six years ago they produced the first uh show that they called desert trip which was six amazing legendary uh rock bands it was like um uh you know the rolling stones and paul mccartney and roger waters and neil young and and uh, bob dylan and so on um and and then this year they put on a similar type of uh, concert program that was three uh three days over one weekend two concerts each day just like they did with uh with desert trip they created something called power trip and that was with all these um legendary uh metal bands so um the the guy who was the co-creator um, of of the uh of the stagecoach events and all these other events was um Uh, a gentleman by the name of skip page and skip along with his partner his business partner paul they created this company uh that was called golden voice and ultimately ended up selling that to aeg entertainment and um and so uh, as the creators of all those events skip just got to a place where after many years of doing these he decided i need to I need to take a time out. I need to enjoy my life a little bit uh, once again and not be stressed out about all these events. So he ends up selling out his portion of Golden Voice to AEG and decides, well, what am I going to do next? I mean, he's younger than I am. You know, he's, I think he's in his early 50s. And, uh, you know, he's got tens of millions of dollars now to play with. So he decides, I'm going to open a little bar. You know, instead of all these people coming over to my house after the bars close, um, I'm just going to have a little place of my own. So he found a little place and he called it Little Bar and they opened it and you walk into the place and the walls are adorned with this uh, uh, graphic that he had created that takes all these tickets from all these events that he's produced and attended around the world. And it kind of sets the tone, um, that and all of his VIP passes and stuff in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, and sets the tone for a very uh, friendly environment for people who love music. And it's it's a fun little place, and that's where we create this other podcast each week with um, people who've really accomplished big things that live here in the Coachella Valley now. Um, and uh, some of them will be having on this program um, because they're just really neat people who happen to be, some of them happen to be LGBTQ and, and have done some really major uh things one of the i'm going to see him again in fact on tuesday night i'm looking forward to asking uh gary Keefe and his husband barry manilow if they'll actually do the show at some point with us so that would be very fun if uh gary came on and, and brought barry along but yeah it's it uh this bar uh and restaurant uh was where we went today and and had lunch
1: yeah, and, and excellent drinks, and the lunch was tasty, and uh, you know I'd heard the name of the show obviously, um, and I knew that the bar was called Little Bar, but the name is descriptive. Yeah. It is tiny. It is a tiny diminutive Lillip- Lilliputian bar. It's very cute, actually.
2: I think that the, uh, I think that the legal occupancy uh, number is thirty-two.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. pretty small. Yeah,
2: I mean there is a little outdoor patio now that makes it a little bit bigger. But at thirty-two, at thirty-two, it would be very tight in inside.
3: Yeah, the old watering hole, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, Richie had the uh, margarita that he talked about earlier tonight, and um, uh, my significant other uh, ended up having
1: a um, espresso martini. Espresso martini. It was it was the size. I mean, it, it was it was like about. It looked like it was about five liters of of martini.
2: <laughs> I had a blueberry lemon uh, martini. It was very good, too. Oh, so that sounds good. Anyway, um, Skip Page's Little Bar. It's located in Palm Desert. If you ever come into the Coachella Valley, uh, it is the center of the Coachella Valley universe. And if you love music, it's a great place to hang out. You never know who's going to show up in there. There's all sorts of uh, really cool personalities who drop in there on a regular basis and just patronize the place. I just had a meal the other day with... Uh, Jimmy Olsen from the 1978 Superman. Wow. Yeah. All yeah. right. We will continue uh, with more uh, after we update you on the news. So stay with us and give us a call if you'd like. 760 677
5: 0111.
0: It's not always laughter and games on the GayBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy and Johnny Mack, but when it is, you'll know when it's time to cut them off. Now, back to the beer pong. Uh, I mean show. Boys? Yes, welcome back to a very wild and woolly special
1: third hour of the happy hour. Is that what this is? I thought it was actually pretty
2: laid back and...
3: It's a back. chill. It's a yeah, chill night. It is
2: definitely a chill night. <laughs>
1: okay. Boy,
2: I'll talk talk about chill in the desert. I woke up this morning. It was fifty nine degrees. It has not been. I have not seen the five on a on a on a uh, thermometer uh, since probably February. It was glorious. I went and opened up all the windows in the house, and I was like, "Oh my god, this feels so good," you know, because it was hundred and six here a week ago
7: i got to say, it does Oops. feel warmer here than it does in Phoenix.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's warmer here. Y- usually up to maybe about 8 to 10 degrees more. Just right more. now, though, because it was 120 degrees. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this year we did, like, 125 was our hottest. And usually it do, it might get to 120, 121, you know, for a couple of days a year. But this year... Like Palm Springs yeah. or, like, Death yeah. Valley? No, here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow! I didn't it know it that. was yeah, it was nasty. So, but you know, for all those nasty hot days we have, we have um, like eight and a half months of really oh yeah, beautiful yeah. weather, and I'd rather have beautiful weather for eight and a half months cold, uh, and then be freezing my ass off during that time.
3: Yeah. All I know is my my drive today. I went, I left uh, Sacramento last night, and then and then went into Modesto, and then drove here. It was beautiful weather all all the way here it was like i think it was like 70 degrees outside beautiful um sun was out it was nice yeah
2: i'm getting into this pride thing with james because when i was in seattle in august i think it was august um we went to pride in tacoma yes and uh you know um I'll turn to you. That was in July, actually, but yeah, it's my to birthday you, weekend. Yeah, you, Braden, and ask you about Pride in Phoenix. What's what's have you been to that?
7: Oh yeah, um, I've been to it twice now. Um, the actual festival is huge. One thing we were actually talking about earlier was how Phoenix Pride actually charges for entry, and uh, Palm Springs is free. Yeah, um, they
2: used to charge for it here too. It used to be like twenty bucks to get mm-hmm. in. And they did it inside the look the little baseball stadium that they have downtown but ever since it's gone out to the street and the guy who produces it now is actually was just elected a year ago to the city council here and he had previously run san diego pride for many many uh-huh. years which i think is hands down one of the best pride events in the entire united pride, states yes yeah. um uh and peyton you being from tucson did you go to pride this year in tucson
6: um actually uh before this year i've never been to pride so right i've went to tucson pride you get a little closer than yeah me. tucson Thank pride you. i went to i yeah. went to phoenix pride and now i'm here at palm springs <laughs> palm pride. springs uh, Pride. so what,
2: what what did you like or not like about uh tucson um
6: it's small yeah um compared to Phoenix is.
2: Yeah. But Tucson is, I mean, it's a good sized city. It's a city of probably a half a million people at least. Mm. And um,
6: yeah, the county yeah. has a million people or more. Yeah. But, but,
2: I mean, but it also is a major university city, which is the same thing with Phoenix. You have the University of Arizona there. I mean, Tempe um, is. <laughs> are the majority of people who you saw at Pride in Tucson, are they. Um, are they like
6: college students or just uh, a good mix of all demographics it's um demographics with that um part of me thinks that they just need to get more of the surrounding cities involved um like Phoenix Pride gets Mesa and Tempe and Gilbert yeah. and you know all the. So you surveys. want to get all those
2: queers from like Sierra Mesa,
6: and Oro Valley and yeah all the uh,
2: yeah
6: in <laughs> Oro Valley yeah and Marana, all the, Marana. <laughs> all the yeah I mean Marana is bigger than fucking Phoenix I mean it's unbelievable it's growing crazy but yeah. um I in I. I was good to experience it and I'm having a great time just experiencing what pride is because I've never done it before.
2: Yeah. And because you've never done it and you are, um, in your forties, um, which I think is great because it's, it's neat to see through somebody else's eyes who's experiencing something at, you know, not just at, you know, like they're becoming, you know, legally an, an adult, um, you know it's interesting to, to me to be able to compare the experience that you would have with somebody who's in their early 20s experiencing it for the first time you know and is it the same kind of thing or you know like does it make you um, really wish that you had done it earlier or you know some people I'm sure look at it and go oh my god I'm so glad I didn't do this any sooner
6: um, in terms of pride I mean I didn't. I haven't attended Pride before this year, but I was always an ally in a sense yeah. for it. So I would support it um, in any way that I could, that my past life would allow me to. Yeah. Um. But, um, it was. I think I would have celebrated differently if I was younger than I do now yeah Um, i mean you still be having fun though yeah (laughs) still having fun and everything but um i think more wild and more free um i'm older wiser i know what things not to i don't think i'm
2: talking out of out of place because you've talked about a lot of this stuff openly in um in other forums but um you uh were married for a couple of decades yes and you had uh handful of children uh of varying ages uh, uh one who i think is already out of high school and yeah others are in various grades throughout grade school um do you think do you look forward to a day when you might be able to go and experience that with even with your kids and um and do you hmm. think that you know you kind of coming out and and having a positive relationship with uh, most of your children that you do, um, that you'll get them to a point where you'll be able to take them and, and help them to understand people who are different maybe than themselves uh, and you know, celebrate uh, in, a, in a very positive-spirited environment like Pride
6: is, uh, you know, to help educate them on diversity uh yes i mean that's the nice thing is with me and my ex is that we celebrate diversity um people being themselves so um she is okay with me being gay she's our my kid <coughs> um my second child was they were having a they had their girlfriends over and he's just like my dad's gay and everything and everybody's like i know and, and so they talk about it openly already Oh, well, that's good and they they all know who i am and everything yes it'll be great i you know you you wonder about your kids and you know you you know you well i think we don't give
2: kids today enough credit Mm -hmm. for the fact that they already are in very diverse school environments and you know club environments and things like that and that you know they're far more advanced than many of us were when we were coming out that are in our 40s 50s 60s what's that
6: it's a lot more progressive, to
2: me, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, they
6: just want me to live my life, yeah, my true life. Yeah. So they're happy about
2: that.
3: They just want you to be happy. Yes, exactly.
2: I think we told him something like that a year ago. But <laughs>
3: yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, I remember having those conversations. <laughs> right. He yeah. was so worried about it. Right. Yeah. Yes, <laughs>
2: exactly. Well, we're happy for you. And yes, we are. And for those who are in your family and circle of friends who are able to be supportive in your being able to, you know, take your next steps and to live the best life that you can at this point in
6: in your life yeah i can also honestly say i'm happier than i was a year ago (laughs) yeah
2: that's very evident so uh, i wish you could have been here last year when we were here for pride but uh, then you wouldn't have met richie and and uh you know and other people who um you know are going to be able to be here this week and and i think that just like we've talked about that lifts the whole experience of of you know taking friendship to the next level with various people who we've met in virtuals you know virtual yeah. environments so. i
3: will say when i, I stopped in sacramento I, I met a couple other people that we hang out with on on twitter x yeah um uh, leather and Pitts and emilio and um leathern Pitts is going through uh barbering school so by the way he, so he practiced know, up on me
2: that is not his first middle uh, and <laughs> middle initial and last name uh, just just his nickname online Yeah, yeah. It's, his, it's
3: his his twitter handle yeah but uh he but he gave me a um uh, a shave shaved my head for me and uh, gave me a trim on my beard and and uh yeah i saw that nice on the back yeah he uh, did, did a really good job. I'm kidding. So, oh, you sorry, so but I know he's now. listening,
2: so I just... I, I thought but, he, but I was his what? very
3: first... What did he say? Bitch! I was his very first customer, so... Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's great. So he's opening up his new barber shop, and he's got a, a nice, beautiful location in downtown Sacramento in an old Victorian house. Did you give him cash so that he could put
2: at least a dollar bill of it in a frame and put it on the wall as his first buck?
3: Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah so...
2: Cool, Richie. I can't believe that you've uh, surrendered your microphone.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm spreading the wealth. I, I figure that after um, two and a half hours of hearing me prattle on, people are ready to hear. Um, other people talk, believe well, it so or not. Prattle? That's why we,
2: why we like you.
6: You're a prattle tell <laughs> Exactly. I, I'm surprised you don't have a word of the week or something from him, like with his vocabulary. I heard yeah. of you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Gotta get the dictionary out every time he says a new word. I was like, oh my god, what did he say now? Yeah. <laughs>
2: we'll, have a, we'll have a new segment on the program called Frictionary.
1: <laughs> Frictionary, I like that. But we, need, we need a need a <laughs> <laughs>
5: Of course.
2: So, um, what do you all hope to do, see, experience while you're here? You don't want to (laughs) know. Well,
5: maybe we do. (laughs) 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 Um,
7: I don't know. Probably uh, hope to find some, you know, after parties eventually, and some pool parties, and um, maybe meet some people at the bars. It just just go with the flow.
3: Yeah. Good. How about you, James? I, I'm just here to have a good time and and just enjoy a uh, company with some good friends and um, and then also just go out and have a good time, have some drinks and just let my beautiful hair down. Oh wait, I shaved it. Oh, But yeah, I'm just going to have a good time and then enjoy myself. That's I do want to
2: ask because one thing that we had uh, a shared experience of when you were here for Pride last year was we stood in line to get into a particular club for about 14 and a half hours, and what? and I might be exaggerating that, but only by <laughs> no about yeah, yeah only by down. about three and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh,
7: tried Phoenix. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was. Um, it was about thirty minutes or so. No, yeah. it was a little longer than that. <laughs> about two and a half hours. So it was an hour. Uh, okay, if you say so. <laughs> um, but
3: five are, minutes. Are we going to stand in <laughs> any lines that long this? no sleep. no no i don't I don't think so I think we're just gonna go and have fun and we'll go to places that we can get into yeah or make our own party yeah yeah we'll go, we'll go we'll go out. we'll go to the arenas area I'm sure we can find some place I'm to, sure to get we're into. going to
7: a lot yeah. of places are sold out right now I was actually looking at earlier uh, tickets and the cheapest one is like two hundred dollars get into the the heat pool party that's like the main event on Saturday. Oh wow well yeah.
2: fortunately it's the second main event because yeah party we're
3: coming to the main pool party that's Yeah. That's at the the old nasty pigs house, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my God! It's my head just like uh,
7: the the images.
1: Oh, you old John. But the um, yeah. I mean, I'm mainly excited because um, I've not really ever been to Palm Springs until today i mean i went we came when i was like in fifth grade you know yeah. for like a day um i'm excited to just sort of see the arenas or arenas kind of area and just get the lay of the land see what the street looks like because you know yeah. um that scene. was that was really fun for okay. me so the
2: first thing is we're gonna we're gonna have a, a word pronunciation um uh section of the show here and so just so everybody knows it's arenas road so arenas, it's, yes. just think like penis but arenas 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 road and and there's other things too like i don't want to hear anybody this weekend uh saying you know something like um uh what's another one of the streets uh there's plenty of spanish and indian names and words around here and and so if there's any double l's that i hear pronounced like an
3: l (laughs) Uh, I'll spank you all.
2: Yeah, that definitely... Yeah. I'm not rolling Is that a hours. promise?
3: <laughs> so, like, you know... <laughs> you speak Spanish, so you should be able to pronounce... Not Cali,
2: but Kaye. You know. Yeah, street. Cali? Yeah. Is that
6: Cali Road? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cali.
5: Yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways.
2: No, I'm just teasing, but... Yeah, it's... Avenue you road. always know uh, around here, you always... You're always aware of um, when people might be visitors, so...
6: Uh, I, I agree with um, with with Richie about, because last time I was here, I was only here for, like, less than 24 hours. And right. You, you, you showed me around, but now I get to actually, like, yeah. stay and actually get to, to see. We had to go spend
2: time in San Diego. Yeah,
6: exactly. Yeah. Um, but surprising me, because you grew up in California,
1: I, Richie. That is true, but um, I grew up in Northern California, and we really only came down for... Uh, You're like Disneyland.
3: (laughs) Northern California boys in the house. We're going to
2: continue our conversation. Stay with us. It's the happy hour.
0: GBC.com. This is the Happy Hour with your hosts Richie Roy and Johnny Mac your source for conversation current events, culture and all things LGBTQ Well my partner
2: um, in crime and time here has moseyed off and I don't know where he's at he probably went uh, to relieve himself. Yeah, he so. went to the little boy's room. Yeah, yeah. So now you have or to deal with me. Or the big man's room. Oh. And then what? I said. So now you have to deal with me. Yeah. So it. So this room has now become a little boy's room.
5: Because uh, <laughs> I offended. mean, I'm so.
2: not talking about anything in places where we don't know about. But you know.
7: Oh, that's definitely not true. But yeah.
2: So um.
7: If you want to check now, his okay.
3: <laughs> Little promo. Yeah, yeah. this is
7: smell
2: of vision here. So um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> do we have taste of vision. That's the question. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, maybe if we had uh, what's his name, John Waters, on the show, we could, you know, do something with. Oh, that would be
1: amazing! Smell vision <laughs> or you know <laughs> yeah, taste division. Maybe we could do because he's he's based in Baltimore, right? Maybe yeah. we could do a, a an on location episode in Baltimore.
2: Yeah, or I'm, in P town. I'm yeah. pretty
7: sure they invented a TV that like has smell or something. I was reading about that.
2: Yes, it is. Google it. I swear. Yeah, they probably make it just for bacon commercials. <laughs> yeah, advertisements. You know? Exactly. Right. Yeah,
3: you can watch a movie by by John Waters called Pecker, right? <laughs>
2: was they had i mean he had the scratch and sniff thing with his movies right um or at least
1: one of them wait really like he like a scratch and sniff that you would sn- 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 yeah during
3: certain parts of the movie yeah and
2: really and <laughs> yeah i mean and perfect for films you That's know so with work. uh with what's what's <laughs> her name in them um, pink
3: flamingo and yeah. with yeah. the vine with the,
2: the vine. vine yeah um yeah he had the. uh, uh scratch-and-sniff deals, and some of the scents... I I didn't ever uh, experience this myself, but I have friends who did. And uh, apparently some of the scents were enough to send you over the edge and not in a pleasant way. Oh, wow. (laughs) They were very
1: unpleasant, which is absolutely believable and perfect for a John Waters film. And Well, you know, that reminds me of a product that I've never really understood, which is um, Jelly Bellies makes these Bernie Botts uh, jelly beans that are disgusting flavors flavor. yeah we
2: had some in the studio at my last station yeah they have a booger's flavor mm-hmm. yeah and we used oh. to we used to give them to some, certain guests and ask them to uh, <laughs> identify the flavor on the air the fart
3: ones yeah we're gonna ear wax earwax and stuff yeah oh, no yeah. it's it, it's Ew. it's like it,
1: i mean it's just <laughs> and i think i think the idea is, is that they all look identical to a jelly, jelly belly, belly that tastes you know. good. Actually, it'd so be, you
2: know would be great is if they made those things in little sample bags, you know, or little, you know, tiny servings, and you could give them,
1: <laughs> give them away on Halloween, you know? Oh, my God, that is... I mean, <laughs> talk about trick-or-treat. <laughs> That's definitely a trick. <laughs>
2: yeah. For sure. What's... Uh, I mean, you know, parents used to worry about, you know, things that never happened were just all this whole blue... Um, that people talked about, you know, people put, you know, razor blades and candy apples and all that. That never happened (laughs) once. Not once. And the only time when something even close to that happened, it was the person who reported it, you know, trying to make a big deal about something, you know, get away with you know, some sort of attention-grabbing bullshit. But, yeah, I mean... I know there was,
7: like, drugs put into candy.
1: I mean, because, I mean, a lot of that goes into I think a
7: lot of that... Come
2: on, wait a minute.
1: Think about that, Braden. I don't
6: know. Think about
1: that. I mean people
2: who are into drugs you think that they're going to give them away <laughs> the kids
6: uh,
7: uh, no uh, no there no, wasn't there was a thing about that though there was um a few uh, it was a few years back there were a lot of concerns That's about nice like w- you know check your candy
1: make sure that it's not unopened type of thing
6: but the so, thing that takes so much
1: work a lot of this really i think is an outgrowth of especially in the 80s there was the stranger danger and this idea that the that you should be scared of other people and that they're going to come take you away and adulterate your food and like generally that kids should not talk at or interact with strangers at all i sure when, so
2: i that's how i was uh, at that point in time after ronald reagan was elected like peyton in his van
1: <laughs> but but wow. the thing the, the thing that that I always was struck by with the whole stranger danger thing is that generally when you look at sort of statistics in terms of kids um, you know getting things like abused or kidnapped the vast majority it's someone it's a family member it's someone that's well known it's mm. not it's not someone you know putting a razor blade in a can you know in a candy apple it's yeah so it's 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 just sort of not it's somebody they know yeah yeah
2: Yeah. Uh,
3: the thing is is, uh, in in my generation you know they just threw us outside and locked us out and you were supposed to come in when the when when it got dark right you know (laughs) it's like stay outside don't come in go play in the street yeah go play in the street yeah Play the know, traffic, yeah. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I, it, it
2: makes me think uh, there's a lot of things along that line that, you know, I oftentimes wonder about because, um, like, when I was a kid, you know, it, it was just like that, James. It was like, you know, go outside and play until it's dark or, you know, till we call you for dinner, you know. Be back for dinner and, you know, get out of my hair otherwise. Uh, but it was also things like... Um, I used to go uh, fishing and bird hunting with my dad and uh, and friends. Yep, me too. And we would go from the Seattle area over to go uh, hunting and fishing in, like, Moses Lake, which is in central Washington. It's a good three-hour drive. And, you know, and it'd be like, you know, you guys sit in the back, in the bed of the truck. Yep. You know? And we'd be, like, going through the mountain passes and all that, you know. And this is, the like cold times of the year, too. And, you know, today, you know, they would eviscerate somebody for letting their child sit in the back of a it's pickup a, yeah, truck. We sat we the in the, yeah. sat in the
3: back of the bed of the truck with, with, uh, and, you know, going to the old fisherman's club. And, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: You know, um, it reminds me. We we had a um, back of the truck situation. My, my little sister and I once. My, my dad was like, "Hop in the back of the truck, and we'll, you know, just drive down the just down the road to the house." Ha- my dad forgot that earlier that day he had transported a bunch of large cactuses. Oh no! In the truck,
3: oh, wow. and Ouch. so
1: my sister and I started screaming and like waving our arms and like stop the. and my dad thought we were just having a, you know, a, a grand old time in the back of the truck and then they had to spend the rest of the evening pulling needles out of us. I would like to point <laughs> out the Holy fact smokes. that
7: the all knowledgeable and powerful Richie just
1: said cactuses cacti.
6: rather than cacti. He's from the
1: north. <laughs> I, I, I I will uh, I will admit I you know that that's that's true I did say yeah. cactuses and I stand by it. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, we're gonna have
2: I love that. we're gonna, gonna, gonna have, have some you fun
3: here. So, so so the barber shop that I went to is called the Vintage Barber. Um, it's called the Vintage Barber Man. And that's the name of his shop in ah. Sacramento. Very cool. Yeah, nice. I remember when he got that or when so he The Vintage dot com. The Vintage Yep, the Vintage dot com.
2: Okay. Uh so check that out and if you're in the Sacramento area, uh, you know, give him a call and make an appointment and or drop in and, and uh tell him that, you know, you want to be his friend too.
3: That's
1: right. So and, and I will say, um, you know, it, it does look. And ask him light. if you'll
2: have Emilio come
1: over and, and shine your boots while you're getting there. Your there you go, full whacked. service. Sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Richie? Oh, just that, um, you know, that the uh, the shave and the the beard trim look good, and I can say, uh, having lived in Sacramento, uh, it's not the easiest thing to find a great hairstylist there. So, you know, if if uh, if it works for you, then that is having a good stylus is worth it. Worth, worth Its weight in gold
3: for sure. I mean, he just you got know. it all. He just got. He yeah, ha- it, he has no more hair. He d- he's a barber, so he doesn't do like a style, but he does the you know barber, barber stuff. stuff. Could you imagine yeah. being bald? Oh my god, and shaving you? It.
5: Yeah.
3: And he also you don't uh, want to be he bald? also did. He also waxed my ears and waxed my my nose hairs and pulled those be. all out. Those
2: yeah, I have too much wax in my ears after a show like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i think we're gonna have fun and um you know if if anybody who's listening tonight is going to be in the greater palm springs area and wants to uh come participate uh with our pool party tomorrow from noon until four thirty ish
3: on saturday
2: uh, or not tomorrow but saturday you're right i don't know why i'm advancing us another day um you're uh you're certainly welcome to reach out to us and you can write to me john at com, j-o-h-n at com, and send a note saying you're interested in attending and if we can uh if we can accommodate we will try and do that so um although i don't want to make it sound I- exclusionary uh this particular event is a boys event only so um We'll do something else later on, though, uh, probably next spring, that will be open to, to any of our friends that would like to attend. So um, keep that in mind, and next year, if you are able to be here and to join us the first weekend in November for the Pride Celebration in Palm Springs, we would love to have you come and be here. Um, And I can just say, uh, even though this is really Richie's show and I'm just tagging along, uh, and even though it's kind of transmitted based here in Palm Springs, that I am so happy to have uh, my collaborator, um, my God, we collab, Um, Richie Roy. Uh, here along with all of our other friends who've joined us uh, tonight, James Appadale and uh, Peyton Smith and Braden Levi. Thank you guys for coming and being a part of the fun tonight. And for everyone else, we'll be back on our regular schedule with a two-hour episode uh, done live, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, next Thursday night, which will be the, uh, what, the 9th of November. And in the meantime, if you can't listen live, you can always listen on demand through your favorite podcast portals. On behalf of my good buddy, Richie Roy, I am Johnny Mack, and may your shadow fall in pleasant places this week.